нашого народу і нашої держави. І я як президент, і як верховний головнокомандувач хочу подякувати кожного з вас. Я захоплююсь тим, що ви боретеся за свою батьківщину. Your fight is our fight. Ваша боротьба це наша боротьба. 2017 will be the year of offense. Рік 2017 рік буде ріком нападу. All of us will go back to Washington and we will push the case against Russia. Ми всі повернемося до Вашингтону і ми будемо відстоювати санкції проти Росії. Enough of a Russian aggression. It is time for them to pay a heavier price. Our fight is not with the Russian people, but with Putin. Our promise to you is to take your cause to Washington. Inform the American people of your bravery. Проінформуємо американський народ про вашу відважність. І покажемо про докази проти Путіна у всьому світу. Я вірю в те, що ви виграєте, переможете. Я переконаний в тому, що ви переможете. І ми вам допоможемо всіма можливими засобами. And we have succeeded not because of equipment, but because of your courage. Ви успішні не через обладнання, але через вашу відважність. So, I thank you, and the world is watching, and the world is watching because we cannot allow Vladimir Putin to succeed here, because if he succeeds here, he will succeed in other countries. Welcome to the Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Tuesday, February 22nd, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. I'm planning on getting to another show after this. I'm going to do my best, but we'll see how I feel after the after this show. But today's this portion of the show, or I guess this show the first show of today, if that's the way it plans, pans out, is going to be focused entirely on Ukraine. Now, you guys have probably all seen what's been percolating in the mainstream media today, which is you know pretty much exactly what they're told to say by the intelligence apparatus, and they blindly say it without due diligence because that's what their job is. We're going to dive into what's been happening today with the conversations of invasions of Ukraine and what's really going on, and I'll give you all the information. And what's important to understand here, from the very beginning of this obvious psyop, which doesn't inherently mean there's not something actually happening, but you are being played around it. It's a psychological operation is what it ultimately means. From the very beginning of this, I've never, I've never once argued that this isn't, that it's not possible that it's what they're claiming is happening could be happening. Obviously that's possible. The idea is ultimately that to start this off in the right way, that not a single part of their narrative has been proven, explained even, I mean, other than 
our intelligence says, and that's supposed to be enough to get you to think, okay, well, they must be telling the truth, despite a entire existence of lying to you about everything all the time. But uh, that goes for both sides as well, but to the most, for the most part, either side of this, Russia side, the United States side, the separatist side, the Ukrainian side, or any of the sides, nothing has been proven to you. So I don't understand why anybody at this point would be okay with that. Believing that's been invaded or believing that, that the Ukrainians are on your side and they're not white supremacists or that the separatists are all terrorists and that they don't, and that their desire to not be part of Ukraine is irrelevant. All of this is stuff that matters. But their narrative is that this is a manipulation by Russia, that they're overthrowing the area, that they've driven these separatists to take action and, and on and on and on. Now, some of that could be true. Some of it could be, some of it might not be, or all of it could be lies. The point is none of it has been proven to you. So when I always take the point on these shows that we should be only making our choices and our research based on what we know we can prove and the evidence we have around us. And that also includes in regard to evidence, what we know from what they've done before, what, the, what they're capable of what they've lied to us about before, right? These are all valid points. So when we go through this today, think about all of that and not to say that we're arguing that Russia is correct and the United States is wrong, but rather just that we should be questioning all of it and showing you what the history suggests where we currently are. Now, to start off with the video you just saw in regard to Ukraine, that was from 2017. You have Graham, Lindsey Graham and, and McCain. Now, what's interesting, and McCain is, is a perfect person to see in this position because of how his... Connections are very clear in regard to Syria and the whole exact same situation that you know that I believe is what's happening in Ukraine. The same way that they funneled terrorists from Libya and elsewhere into Syria, which was then used as the reason for why they needed to fight, why they needed to maintain the war on terror and their little Idlib hotspot that they still ultimately maintain. That's not a secret. They just argue that there's a more nuance and difference. But of course, in regard to what's happening in Ukraine, it's very, very obvious. The building of this white supremacist entity that they keep quietly pointing at as a sort of weird threat without really making it clear that they have allowed that to happen. Not only allowed it, created that, driven it into existence and allowed it to pull from all sorts of countries around the world while claiming over here that they're in a battle against white supremacy and neo-Nazis for the battle of the world while creating that threat. Now, I did entire shows on this in regard to the Azov Battalion and what that is now today. The entirety of their military is influenced, if not completely overtaken, by this idea. That's what I was playing in the beginning there. But the point being is that they're there in 2017, actively supporting this group, knowing that they, in 2014, to this point, have built that. So when they're there going, we fight for you, and we shared values, and on and on, as we just saw Austin say today about the same group, that means that they're okay with that. The reality being they just don't want you to realize that that's what's actually happening there. But you can see them discussing this as we're, we're going to, the, the, uh, at the year of offense, that we're going to go after them. We're going to make this happen. So is it okay that they're driving Ukraine to take action against Russia? Is that, is that how they frame that to you today? Obviously not. The only reason they had more, I guess, leeway, that you're, I mean, whether you're supposed to see this video or not, back in 2017 is because we were much more rabidly anti-Russia with all of the, you know, Trump and Russia and all the whole thing was nonsense. I mean, think about Russiagate. Think about how much around that, if not entire narrative, has been shown to be utterly nonsensical, false, fabricated from whole cloth. And here we are again, allowing them to just float narrative and we go along with it. As Caitlin Johnstone just said in a tweet yesterday, I believe. I mean, really take a step back and think about this. If, there, if it wasn't for the United States government and their flailing hand movements and their bated breath arguments and bleeding about Russia doing this and doing that and the mainstream corporate media's 
unwavering, unfaltering desire to just blindly report what they say without any due diligence. If it wasn't for those things, would you even know this was happening? Now, again, that's not to suggest that it might not be behind the scenes, but shouldn't you then take a step back and go, okay, if all that is making me think this is what they're saying it is, and they've lied to us in part of, in, about Russia specifically, we should stand back and at least go, maybe they're lying. But you see that the politics plays in, and that's the biggest issue. So this video that we started with is really important because it not only shows you from 2017, long before this, that they were driving this, that this was an entity they were using, trying to throw against Russia, or at least can create the context for it. That they were quite a bit different back then in their narrative about how they were openly trying to create conflict with Russia. But the group they're standing there with are exactly the groups that we're talking about. Exactly the entities that are at the same time, mind you, being discussed in mainstream media about a white supremacist threat in the same year, mind you. We have discussions of people like Craig Lang, who worked with these battalions, who is accused of murdering people in Florida, who went there to work with the white supremacist government and then killed people over there. And now the U.S. is supposed to be trying to find him and extradite him, yet here simultaneously cheering them on because of their shared values. It doesn't make sense. You have to understand that it's all about using these things however they want. However, they can throw this against whatever they want, just like pretending to fight terrorism while literally creating and funding terrorism. That's who these people are. Now, I'm going to play that clip probably at the end again for those that might have missed it in the beginning. It really just shows you them openly saying this and then, you know, intermittently showing a couple of pictures and images of what these groups are. Now, I'll throw in these here for the beginning for those that want to take the step back a couple of days or, you know, watch our coverage of this and watch how even even ahead of their narrative we already were going back to february 15th fake war with russia is being used to hide the war on you in part right we're talking about the the truckers for freedom the vaccine passports all their their absolutely embarrassingly dumpster fire destroyed narrative of covid-19 is being hidden behind this but also ukraine's white supremacist breeding ground and i mean that intentionally it's been built and i believe that's the next war on terror threat best terrorism, crossover, everything we've been talking about. Now, I could be wrong, of course, but ask yourself these questions if you're really being honest about why it would make sense that they would be okay with that. Now, down here, you'll see, as always, all of the links, Ukraine, Russia, Azov Battalion is an important part for you guys to check out. Hopefully, these will be clipped up by Star and Brock coming up here soon to get these you know, sections out there for you. As always, Star's really knocking it out of the park with these clips. I hope you guys are aware of what she's doing on TikTok and, and Instagram, as well as longer ones for her and Brock on now Rumble and BitChute, I believe. It's good work there for getting these smaller pieces out there for those of you that might not know that's already happening. So it's not the three-hour show. You'll find these two-minute to 10-minute clips that you can share. But these are all in here for you to check out. Oh, I didn't mean to keep that one in there. But so here's the next one in general. This is the one after that, which was February 17th. Hypes, lies, and psyops, how the false flag Ukraine narrative was bungled. This gets into the kindergarten discussion. Now, just before I forget about that, in case I might, I wanted to show a quick clip, a little image. That's the wrong one. Where was this? Right here. So I'm going to come back to these images and stuff, and especially the map, so we understand what we're talking about. But we just talked about the kindergarten, and so much has happened in such quick succession with these, this whole conversation, and that's not that's by design that we forgot to come back. There was the the explosion of the car that was completely up in the air. One person said it was there. The other person said it was on the other side. Both of them pointed at each other. And it was just it, it, nonsense. And some people even arguing. I mean, the point is, none of this is being proven. And everyone's pointing fingers. So that's why I use that image of the scarecrow with Biden's face. 
But here's the important part about the kindergarten. We showed you the kindergarten on the map. Nobody really got into where it was and whether they verified it. The point was, this was Ukraine claiming that the separatists were the ones that bombed a kindergarten in Ukraine. But if you remember, we showed you on the map, this was well inside the separatist territory. But that doesn't even matter, right? We're not even going back to find out that Ukraine already got caught in a very flagrant lie about what happened there. But there's a lot of stuff in regard to all of this from all sides that keep saying where nobody's proving anything and we just keep going forward. You should be skeptical about all of them. But this discussion was where we really got onto their already bungled narrative, where they were claiming that people evacuating were false flags. And they didn't even know what they were talking about, which, by the way, was later shown to be 100% true by the mainstream media that they were evacuating. So was Lloyd Wright that it was a false flag? Clearly not. Is he fake news? Clearly. Should it be censored? No, nobody should. But the point is that they'll censor you in a thousand different ways, even as you're correct. But here they are continually lying or just being wrong, if you want to play it like that, and totally okay, though. February 18th, the U.S. confused on false flag definition and Ukraine PSYOP. That's about the evacuation. This was the last one we did as of the 20th in regard to the Ukraine PSYOP embarrassment, which got into the next part of the timeline. I really went into the timeline in that conversation. Now, what we're going to go through now, in a, in a reasonably short show, This I guarantee this is, well, I shouldn't say that, <laughs> who knows with my what I'm doing now could go over an hour, but it's probably going to be likely way under an hour. The point here is we're going to go through the timeline shortly again, give you the breakdown of what's happening today and how obviously that this is not sound. I'm going to, I'm going to show in my opinion, very clearly that the U S government is lying very clearly. But the point in my, on top of all of this is that we shouldn't be taking any side at face value, but what we need to recognize is how much has been built around movements on the other side of this border. Movements by the U.S. government, by Ukraine, by NATO allies, and why none of that somehow matters. Doesn't it matter that these people are clearly encircling Russian territory? And then when they move troops within their own border, which, by the way, is the only thing that's ever happened so far up until this moment, they claim of going to the separatists, which I don't we'll get into that. I don't even think has actually happened yet, but I think it probably will. It's only been Russian troops moving inside Russia. And yet every other action outside of this no longer matters. This is a building PSYOP. Doesn't mean it's not going to end up to some kind of conflict, but we have to see that this has been intentionally built up, likely by both sides. I would argue very clearly that Putin will take advantage of this as much as possible. I think he's obviously, as I've said many times, Putin, in my opinion, is much better at this game than the U.S. government. And he's made that clear with Syria and plenty of other things. When I say game, I mean, they're all playing it and they will take advantage. I wouldn't even be surprised if Putin did try to take some action they claimed he would so he could then deny it because of how dumb they've laid out this narrative. I don't think that's going to happen. But here's where we are. Starting on November 20th to go through the, just the, the most important parts. I went through 45 different articles day by day showing you how they keep saying it's going to happen and then it doesn't happen. Weeks away, then it's not happening. Days away and then it doesn't happen. It's imminent and then it doesn't happen. Before the Olympics, it doesn't happen. Right now we're back to, well, it's, you know, it, it just keeps stretching out the narrative. Now, even if you think that's because the narrative, the, the intelligence has shifted, wouldn't you then over the process of three months ask yourself, maybe they're wrong? Maybe they're making it up? Apparently not. But this is November 20th from Military Times. Most of the people that are breathlessly repeating everything the mainstream are saying don't even know about this part of the information. They thought it started when they started screaming about it in the, in the media. We're months before that at this point. November 20th, 2021. Russia preparing to attack Ukraine by late January, which clearly didn't happen. That was who, who said that Ukrainian Defense Intelligence Agency. So the point is that this started with Ukraine, the white supremacist government that will prove again a thousand times over is absolutely supporting of that and openly neo-Nazi. 
and they're going, hey, hey, Russia's going to do this. So first of all, why they would take the word of people like that should be a question you would ask. But then why it came from Ukraine intelligence to this point, and we still don't have any evidence, but we think that's acceptable. Now, here's also the second, the third point, I guess. Russia has more than 92,000 troops, it says, preparing for an attack. Now, I don't, I've never once seen anybody verify in any sense, in the, in the sense of evidence, anybody, that there's that many troops other than narrative. Now, they, I've seen pictures of stuff that I can say, oh, there's a tank. Okay. That turns into pouring into Ukraine. Okay. Well, all I saw was a picture of one tank in an area that I can't define. They say is a certain area, which even if it was, it's one tank. So my point being, we need proof of this stuff. I've never seen it proven, proven or even evidence that there's that many troops in this area. Okay. Now, the point is back in November 20th, there's supposedly 100,000 troops. And all it's ever gone to is a hundred and like the whole point is they're claiming a hundred thousand troops being present was why this was such a threat. But it was back in November 20th that they were saying that. So why wasn't it during November that we were freaking out? Why during de December weren't they freaking out? Until suddenly in, in, in January, oh my God, there's a thousand troops amassed, but they were for two months already. So you claimed why, see what I'm point is it just became an issue because they were talking about troops in Russia. Maybe they were there before that. Maybe they've had maybe they've had a hundred thousand troops in this territory for five years. The point being, they just get to say there's troops there. Now we get to work up about it, even though they've been there for a while, even though we didn't prove it. This is this, this is just the beginning, and this is where this whole thing has gone. So my point is, they've already been doing this. It's already been there for months, and the Ukraine's the one that said they were about to do this, preparing to attack. Then September twentieth. So we're not even in twenty twenty two yet. September twentieth. And by the way, we're talking, and this is November. Yes, we're going back to September. The point is, Ukraine holds military drills with the U.S. military and other NATO allies inside of Ukraine, right? So Ukraine, I'm, I'm going to come back to what the, the, the marks are here, but just for the sake of the map, we're talking about all of these people, the U.S. government, the NATO allies, Ukraine, you know, the, the puppet government they put in place, which is totally about freedom and democracy, right? As they openly espouse neo-Nazi white supremacist mentalities. They're on this border. Okay, they're right along the Ukrainian border, which is what? Right along the Moscow border. Well I, well, I should say right along the border, but they're in Ukraine, which borders Russia. So you're carrying out drills with multiple other countries who have a stated agenda openly about how Russia's a bad guy and how Russia doing bad things and we need to stop Russia. In fact, some of them going so far as to call them just, you know, everything we hear about all the bad guy countries out there. Crazy rhetoric. Which you could say it's true if you want. The point is, you know, that's happening. They're talking about how they need to be taken out, taken down a peg, right? So when you have all of these countries carrying out drills right here, most, most of which these countries are, let's just take the US, for example, on the other side of the world. Okay, so you have Ukraine and these people carrying out drills right in the area of Russia. And that's not a provocation? Well, of course, because they go, oh, it's just drills, Russia. It's not about you. Even though if you look into this, the drills themselves were tailored at what? An invasion of Russia. Yeah, very real. But of course, that's not a provocation. Russia, you're crazy for thinking anything's going on. We're just doing what we always do. We plan this for years. What they say every time. Okay, on top of that, Russia then does it back. Right now, this is just like the, the rockets in Palestine. Of course, you never get the report until Russia's defending itself. Or excuse me, Israel's defending itself by firing back. But it's always defending and you don't get the first part of it. That's not to say that there's not rockets that get fired first in that situation, but different conversation. But as you always know, and as Robert proves every time, they don't report the first part of it. So 
Why would it matter that US, the U.S. government and many other NATO allies with a stated agenda against Russia carried out military drills framed at invading Russia in Ukraine right before Russia carried out drills that they claim were drills, just like the U.S. claimed these were drills, that then became the impetus for all of this craziness? Which is what happened. Here's the report, by the way. And this is also something you don't see in the irrational Western press, that, that Russia openly stated this was going to happen, just like the U.S. does. Here it is, December 23rd, 2021. We're going to have large-scale landing exercises in Crimea and these different areas. Right? They're openly saying this to the world. So when this starts and they go, oh, look at what they just did, as if it's some kind of a crazy action, why didn't they scream when they announced it? Because they want you to think it was some kind of an impromptu attack that they're framing as an as a exercise. Now, here's the point I always want to make. Could it have been that way? Of course. But why wouldn't you ask the same for this? Why wouldn't this be? Couldn't you ask that this was more of an invasion aspect, setting up action as a, and being covered by NATO drills? But, you know, see, because we, we, we don't ask that because they're good guys, not guys, bad guys. It always comes back to the childish mentality. You could believe that they have good intentions, but we shouldn't we then still ask whether or not this was some kind of a covered event that was more about setting up their agenda than actually having drills? If you're honest with yourself and you understand history, it makes much more sense to ask it in this context, at least in the last, you know, the ruling times of the U.S. government. They told everybody they were going to do this. Then, by the way, even going back to November, this goes back even more than to say this is November 12th, 2021. Russia paratroopers sent to Belarus for exercises. Now, again, could they have sent them there for other more nefarious reasons? Of course. But why don't you prove that? If you think that's what's happening and you think that there's something around it, then there should be evidence for it. This all becomes narrative and however they want to spin it, which they've lied about Russiagate and everything else before, unless you prove it. You're right. It is all a show. And I completely agree. Russian paratroopers sent to Belarus. Yes, it could be something else, but they stated this is what it was. And as far as anybody can tell, what we can prove, that's what ended up happening. Drills. And, and, and since this happened, the U.S. government has lost its mind and has worked up everybody to a frenzy. And the media blindly goes along with it because that's what they're paid to do. And they've then taken action because of this. So if you, all you thought was, oh, my gosh, Russia moved people into the areas with these drills, but they're not really drills. They're actually invasions. And then the U.S. steps up to save everybody. Well, you might think that makes sense. But why wouldn't you then go, but wait a minute, they held drills right before that. So the U.S. seems to be lying, at the very least, leaving out a huge part of the story. That's just simple dishonesty, guys. So before that, though, if you think that's all that it came down to, how about we recognize that it goes even further back to October? And by the way, as far back as you want to go, I could keep going, but we're going to leave it here at October 23rd. So long before the drills even started which was the reason this all got started, where they freaked out about the drills and they're invading and it's all coming to a head, which is what they drove to happening, drove into existence. In October 23rd, guess what? The U.S. government sent F-16s right next to Russia. Oh, you didn't hear about that? I wonder why the Foxes and CNNs didn't tell you that in their breathless reporting about the invasion that's not happening. They just sent F-16s to a base 200 miles off the coast of Russia. That's what this picture is for. Shimia Island, six square mile island, just 200 miles from the Russian coast. No other U.S. airfield that isn't an aircraft carrier could put fighters so close to Russia. Right. Here it is. This base right over here. Right off the coast of Russia. That happened in October. So U.S. government sending in warship, war, war planes into a base 200 miles off the coast of Russia 
carrying out drills and bringing in other allies right along the border around the, in a country that borders Russia, as well as having simply just a million different bases surrounding Russia, whereas Russia only has its bases right around its area, which is what every, even the mainstream media will tell you. Can we not see what's really going on here? Even if Russia's doing what they're saying, it's obvious that it's been driven to action by what the U.S. government's pushing. And even if you don't think that, realize that the U.S. government has taken far more provocative actions than Russia has. Again, in no way we're trying to pretend that Russia is the one altruistic and the right guy, bad guy, good guy nonsense. We're simply pointing out that the U.S. government is lying about what they're telling you and has very clearly driven this into action, even if Russia is taking bad guy actions, whatever the childish thing in your mind that is. Why wouldn't this matter? That's a huge provocation. If that happened in reverse and, the, and Russia sent troops to Venezuela, which is far further away, or let's say Cuba, which is an ally of, wouldn't that be the same thing? Of course it would. It would be exactly the same thing. But nope, doesn't matter because that would be literal acts of war. Even though that's an ally and they have a right to be and so on. It doesn't matter, right? Same thing here. The point my making is that this happened without anybody talking about it. But when Russia moves troops in its own border in response to this stuff, that becomes an act of war. And everything has driven from that. Just take a look at these bases, guys. 35 countries or territories around the world host U.S. military bases, while Russian bases can be found in nine countries. Now, this isn't even accurate, by the way, in regard to the numbers. We showed you a different, we went over that in depth in one of the last shows. Far more lily pads and places they don't pretend are bases all over the world, encircling Russia and China, everything else. But nonetheless, it just gives you a good visualization, even from the propaganda Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty, of how obviously this is. Look at where all the, this is the U.S. government in every way encircling Russia. With bases from before this and up until where we are now. Then we go to December 22nd, right? So we have drills being claimed and all this different stuff, all of which happens before on the side of the U.S. government. Then they don't want you to hear this part of it. Now, this could be a lie. Of course it could. Russia could have lied about this. That's what they'll tell you if this comes out to a prominent degree. But here is nonetheless part of the story that they don't tell you. Russia and the separatists came out in separately and together. I mean, they their own claims, but meeting the same point. That, that Ukraine was getting ready to carry out a chemical disaster attack inside of the separatist area. As it says, the leaders of the separatist forces in Ukraine has echoed what Russia has also claimed, that U.S. mercenaries, not Ukrainian, but U.S. mercenaries, are preparing to use chemical weapons in eastern Donbass conflict zone. They accused, uh, as Washington, D.C. accuses Moscow of spreading disinformation. Well, I've shown you in the past how Russia has called this and gotten it right before. It doesn't mean they couldn't be lying now. The point is simply this. They claimed it. Nobody talked about it. And then all of a sudden, this spurred into action what the U.S. said Russia was doing when there's literally nothing happening. Doesn't that begin to seem like there's more happening there that they're trying to cover up? Just one person's perspective. But what can we prove? We can prove that Russia's moved inside its own territory and that everything else has been the U.S. government. Now, here's the Jerusalem Post as of February 15th. So we're jumping far much, far more ahead to last week. Russian media reporting thwarted terror attack in Donbass. Oh, you didn't hear that one either? Oh, you, well, you did if you watched the show already. But all of this you probably already heard if you watched the show, including the fact that we already told you Russia was about to vote to, I, to acknowledge the new air, the, the independent areas of Donbass. You know, I told weeks ago, and it's been ongoing for a while. But of course, in the, in the Western press, it's that they just did it. Nobody, nobody knew. And they were, it's a invasion and it's all breathless reporting. Russian media reported a thwarted terror attack. So now we've got Russian media claiming, you know, you can't prove it. 
that they said that the U.S. was going to carry out a chemical weapons attack like they did for 100% certain in Syria. Okay, then. Oh, what was it? A couple weeks later, Russian media reported that they tried to carry out a terror attack in the Donbass area, which, by the way, is what they said would happen. Right now, again, you could claim they made all this up, but then why wouldn't the media report this to you? That, by the way, doesn't then mean that it's true, but just ask that valid question. Now, it says the Rus Russian site, uh, the TASS news agency, reported that an attempted terrorist attack had been thwarted by the uh, separatists in the area. The report claimed that Ukrainian Defense Ministry and Ukrainian Special Services may have been involved. Now, this is a video which basically just gives you a, an image of this. I wanted to show, uh, where is it, right here. It's just, they basically show this, they claim was a, a, a IED improvised explosive device that they took down. Now, here's what's interesting to me. Remember the narrative so far, right? This has been the Ukrainian government, the white supremacist Ukrainian government that your government has helped grow, that doesn't, they pretend it's not happening, and your government in the United States for that matter, and others, Ukraine, you, they have basically towed the line that Russia is about to carry out a false flag, right? With nothing to back it up, and they haven't even remotely proven that. And Ned Price looked like an absolute fool by standing up there and saying that their evidence that proved it was that he said so. Really embarrassing. So then, or I shouldn't say so then, so that's what, that's what we've seen this whole time, the argument of a false flag, right? So it's interesting that that's what Russia accused the U.S. of doing before the U.S. said that about Russia back in December 2022. December 22nd to 2021. Then we jump forward to February 15th, and it seems that at the, either Russia faked that happened to them stopping it, right? Or the, the Ukrainian groups with the U.S. mercenaries tried to carry it out, and they stopped it. Now, either one of those should be a valid possibility. I don't know why we would blindly accept one and blindly dismiss the other. There's no evidence from either side to prove one of them yet. So my point is, this seems interesting in the, in the fact that so far the data lines up with what they said was going to happen. And all we've seen in this regard is the U.S. pointing fingers in the other direction. Now, so according to the report, an IED was discovered in a trash can in a city where a rally for Russian Memorial Day of soldiers were to commemorate fallen soldiers who operate abroad. The Ministry of State Security said that the Luhansk People's Republic stated that an alleged explosive device could have caused civilian casualties. So doesn't that seem to be exactly what Ukraine and U.S. government were, were claiming was going to happen? An attack on these people that the Russia would say was a false flag, but it wasn't? You know, see what I mean? Like the way that this goes, or rather the other way around, that they would claim that the Ukrainians did that, which they did, and they would say that's a Russian false flag. Doesn't that seem interesting? I mean, I don't even see why this would make sense for Russia to carry out, even as a PSYOP. Like this doesn't, because especially since the media doesn't report it, nobody cares about it unless the Western press picks it up. I don't know. To me, this seems like an interesting, um, quite obvious, possible vindication of what they were saying was happening. But again, this is just narrative. Additionally, on Tuesday afternoon, the People's Militia of the, the Donbass region reported that one of its members had been shot and killed by Ukrainian forces, saying that they responded with artillery fire. Right? You get half the story, right? Then you get them going, we're running to, to our bomb shelters because they're firing. But what happened first? Again. Why would you take one side's narrative and not the other? Because none of them are proving it. Hopefully that's clear to people. My point is if they already, if you want to believe just what the Ukrainian forces and the U.S. government says, ask yourself why you are happily taking a white supremacist narrative, right? My argument would be that if you're supporting what the U.S. government says here, you're probably on that other side of the argument, pretending that Trump supporters are all white supremacists. But guess what? Surprise, you're taking the word of white supremacists. Isn't that funny? The Allied IED was made of a mobile phone, electric detonator. And uh, I think that was all I wanted to say there. 
yeah, it was highlighted before, but of course this kind of page is refreshed. The point being that they thwarted the attack that they said was going to happen, or they say they did. Now, jumping forward to February, or rather the same day, which by the way is really interesting, is this is a day this was this supposed attack from U- U.S. mercenaries was supposed to happen that they thwarted was so just so happened to be the same day that part, Russia's parliament was discussing the idea of recognizing the Ukrainian regions. Just a happy coincidence, right? Russia's parliament asked Putin to recognize breakaway East Ukrainian regions. Now, I already told you about this. The fact that the media of the U.S. Western apparatus is not reporting that this has been ongoing, and some of them are, but the point is the mainstream is really keeping it to where this is like a, a rash thing that just happened, kind of covering the invasion. Well, I told you this last week. As it says, Kiev is not observing the Minsk agreements, Russia was saying. Our citizens and compatriots who live in Donbass, who is a predominantly Russian location that is openly supportive of Russia, that doesn't want to be part of Ukraine, which seems to be like any other situation in the world, like, I don't know, Taiwan, where the U.S. government would pretend to fight for their freedom. But not this time, because we support the white supremacists who want you to be forcefully part of their country. Freedom, right? Our citizens and compatriots who live in Donbass, the Donetsk and and Luhansk regions, need our help and support. Right, because here what they're talking about is constantly discussing the idea. I thought I had one more paragraph in there where there's these people are worried about their culture. They're worried about being forced into the white supremacist extremist government and society currently of the Ukrainian, the way the government of the Ukraine government is creating in Ukraine now. Now, whether you agree with that or not, or believe the point is the separatists are openly talking about that. Do they do they not get to pick what they want? Apparently, only the U.S. government gets to decide who decides when they want to be free. And they only get to decide they want to be free when we control the direction they're taking. Because that means they don't care about freedom. It's about a means to an end. Then, the next day is when the Ukraine government stepped up and told the U.N. Security Council, Russia has a bid to recognize these people. We don't like freedom. We don't want them to be free. They're our territory. Does that sound like people who respect sovereignty, respect freedom? Now, look, obviously the point would be that the U.S. government wouldn't be okay if Cuba wanted to be separate or Texas wanted to break off. They're never going to allow that stuff because it's about their control of territory. It has nothing to do with sovereignty. But the idea is if you pretend you respect people's freedom and their desire to be free, you don't get to step up and decide which ones are valid and not. The idea that you're pretending that Taiwan has a right to be free, but but the Donbass region doesn't, is just hypocritical. They're both equally as valid and both equally shouldn't involve the United States. But in one side of it, they pretend they care because they have an agenda against China in that regard. But on the other side of it, because it's on it, Russia's side, they're, they're on supporting of Russia in this regard, they stand with the Ukraine. It's just the, it's the inverse of the same thing. But the, but the logic is the same argument. Now, all that changes is what they how they frame the, the separatists. And we've shown you in the past, just like any other situation, they're all terrorists, aren't they? Just like, as we should know, everybody in Palestine. Well, they're all terrorists, right? That embarrassing argument has been completely over. I mean, even the idea that there was no Palestine. You realize how long your governments have towed those irrational lies? Same thing here. They're not all terrorists. They're a location of people that don't want to be a part of what Ukraine has become because the U.S. government and their allies have overthrown that area and pushed in what they want. And now allowing, just like they allowed in Afghanistan, just like they allowed in Iraq, just like they're allowing in Bolivia, just like they allow anywhere, the terrorists to take control. Look at Libya. You're going to pretend that they didn't start selling open slaves after the U.S. government liberated them? We're not children, guys. We know what they do in these locations. 
They turn them into the very area that pretend they're fighting away. They stop it. They create the very thing they say they're fighting, which is the extreme secretary, the idea that they're religious extremists. They're creating that while they destroy the other thing they pretend they're fighting for. And it's everywhere you look. The very people that were terrorists in Afghanistan are suddenly the ones they're allowing to take control, right? It's absurd. In a letter to the Security Council members, seen by Reuters, Ukraine's ambassador said the move by Russian parliament, quote, further aggravated the threats to both Ukraine's territorial integrity and global security. Okay, so how exactly does Russia acknowledging their ability to declare independence a risk to global security? Simply because they just go, well, they're not, they're not doing that. They're actually doing bad guy stuff. Trust me. Got it. Okay, so they, they're both telling you to trust them, right? Why we take one over the other is narrative. Because Russia, bad guy. That's it. Prove it, guys. I'd love to see somebody prove anything going on here. All we know, ultimately, is that this is an entity, whatever you think they are, that has a right, as everybody else pretends everywhere else, to declare their own independence. But Ukraine doesn't want that because they think this is their territory. The U.S. government doesn't want that because they're using this conflict to keep this going. And so they're just saying, nope, not you guys, though. Anybody else can, but not you guys, because you're bad guys today, too. Which, by the way, is not a secret. EU, well, this is this is from before this. This is back from 2016 going forward. Uh, this is 15. But EU mulling terrorist designation for the pro-Russian separatists, right? Here's here's Poroshenko. There are no separatists, only terrorists. The same kind of ridiculous mantra narratives that we see around all the other bad guys, even though it's almost never what they say it is. Now, here is Al Jazeera pointing out what to know about Ukraine's rebel regions. About the region, this is interesting. The Donetsk sur region, surrounded by slag heaps, is guess what, guys? The main city and the mining basin of the Donbass region. Ah, okay, so they don't really care about people. They just want control of resources. Shouldn't be surprising to anybody. It's also one of the main steel-producing centers in Ukraine. Now, the conflict of 2014 says the regions have been locked in armed conflict following Russia's annexation of Crimea in 2014. Right. And this is something we should know, which is another embarrassing lie, just like, you know, the chemical attacks in Syria that even the UN has said were carried out by rebels or that plenty of people have proven they manufactured over and over and over or any other lies like everything else they carry out. 9-11, you just you add it up, guys. For anybody in the very small fringe minority that pretends those are all conspiracy theories, you're the minority today, guys. And you all know that. It's embarrassing. This is one of those. Like, Babies and incubator or incubators, babies from incubators on cold floors. Many people still buy that, even though you can look up on Wikipedia that that was an admitted false flag that the U.S. government drove into happening, which was the impetus for why the original Iraq invasion came out. Right? The point is, they're they're lying to you. They used the ambassador's daughter to step up there and cry and pretend they were throwing babies in the cold floor. That never happened. That was admitted. They lied to you. Crimea. Was in re they, there was in a referendum where they overwhelmingly voted to go to, to Russia because why? They're overwhelmingly Russian. On top of that, the same reason that the separatists don't want to be there. But this doesn't get discussed because fake news, right? Well, since then, these have been these areas have been in a problem. Not because Russia's making it happen. Well, you could argue they're supporting them, but let's be clear. Even Ukraine and other people point out that the separatists don't want to be part of Ukraine. So whether or not you Russia supporting them, isn't it the same as the U.S. supporting Taiwan or elsewhere? Well, of course, they argue that Russia is actually in the area. 
Well, it make quite a bit of difference when you realize that there's that close to where Russia is, in fact, on its border, as opposed to the U.S. being on the other side of the world with Taiwan. But on top of that, because it's a Russian-speaking area, and those people want to be away from Ukraine. Now, in regard to Taiwan, as I've always said, just to make a quick point, I support their right to independence, anybody for that matter. But there's the point is that when it comes to them, that's between China and, and Taiwan. And if you want to involve the United Nations, which I argue is a bad move with the way it's completely co-opted, my simple point is it's not for any one nation to step in and go, we know how we're the arbiters of truth and we decide. It's not how that should work, especially when you realize the U.S. government has taken advantage of that in literally everything that it does. All I'm pointing out is hypocrisy, not that one is more valid than the other. It's hypocrisy. So if the U.S. government pretends that this is okay or that or theirs is okay, then this can't be bad, right? Their independence proclaimed following referendums is just simply not recognized by the international community. That's all it is. They just don't recognize it. But it was very clearly what happened. They just pretend it's not there. Very clear. Kiev and the West say Russia instigated the uprising. Well, prove that then, right? I mean, this is the same point. We can prove today that snipers were the ones killing civilians in Syria before that happened. We can prove today that the U.S. government literally overthrew Bolivia with pretending their elections were false and forced him out. MIT proved that with a study. We can prove that the people throwing Molotov cocktails in Venezuela were in fact Guaido's people. We've proven this with video and everything else. You know what they haven't proven? Anything they're claiming is happening in reverse. Any of it. I'm not making this up. I've shown you all this throughout the years. So why is it that we take the false narrative that they don't prove when we can see in reverse that they've lied to you over and over and over before? They could be telling the truth, but why don't we prove it? If it's that easy and they know, and they're so certain, Biden's absolutely convinced he's going to invade. Why don't we then show it to you? Why don't they walk it through? Here's why we know they're doing it. Here's why we, we know that they're lying. Here's why we know the independent media is making it up. Nope. They just go, we're telling the truth. Trust us. As they lie about everything. Russia President Vladimir Putin said on Monday he was recognizing their independence which is what's happening. That doesn't mean Russia doesn't have plans to bring them into their territory. But if the area wanted that, why would that be a problem to the people? Because that shows you it's more about control than actually what independence and what people want. Donbass is also at the heart of a cultural battle between Kiev and Moscow, which says that the region, a large part of eastern Ukraine, is Russian-speaking and needs to be protected from Ukrainian nationalism. Don't we care about that? Doesn't it matter that these are people that are openly espousing neo-Nazi white supremacist mentalities that simultaneously the U.S. government is saying is the biggest threat to our domestic issue, and yet they don't care about the same problem being forced down the throat of these Russian separatists? This is the most obviously stupid part of this whole thing, and I just can't get past it. I want to just do a thousand shows in a row about how dumb it is that they are trying to pretend that's not happening. Efforts to resolve the conflict in eastern Ukraine laid down in the 2015 Minsk agreements are deadlocked, right? And that there's plenty of arguments about why Ukraine has broken it, why Russia has broken it. But the point is that it's obviously it's something that is not that to, to walk it back to the, the I argue both sides have been continuing to ter- carry out shelling and so on this entire time, 100%. Which one started it? Well, you could debate that every single time. But all it really comes down to is one group that's uh, trying to force a group of people back into their control. Why is that freedom? Why is that that sovereignty? These people do not want to be part of Ukraine. It's pretty simple. Even they say that. They as in the people of Donbass as well as Ukraine. So why does this make sense to anybody? Kiev and the separatists have each accused the other of breaches. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson denounced Russia's recognition of separatist republics as a flagrant violation of the sovereignty and integrity of Ukraine. Right. 
So with Taiwan, for instance, how would it be is, is if that's a flagrant violation of sovereignty and integrity of Ukraine, would it not be a flagrant by flagrant violation for the U.S. government to do the same thing of China? It's obvious that's the same point. If there's no uh, there's no reason why one would be more valid than the other, unless you just go, well, that guy, bad guy, that why? Simple. Each of the two republics is seeking a full autonomy from the central government and and have their self-reclaimed presidents. Okay, so this is already happening. They're not asking you part of Russia, at least not on the surface, and at least not as far as I can tell right now. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens right away, especially because of how aggressive the U.S. and the Ukrainians are a government are being right now. But the point is clear that they already have their own governments, their own presidents, and they're just seeking full autonomy, independence. Denis Pushilin, elected in 2018, is an elected an, an election that was disputed by Kiev. <laughs> exactly. Why? Because they don't want them to be separate. He's the leader of the so-called Donetsk People's Republic. That's so-called Al Jazeera saying that. While uh, Pashchenik uh, is the leader of the Lunex, uh, the Luhansk separatist region. Separatist officials have been killed over the past few years in attacks, the victims of infighting or the operations of Ukrainian forces, according to reports that couldn't be verified. The idea that we have multiple reports of terror attacks, of people attacking and killing Ukrainian the separatist forces, and none of that gets reported by the Western press. Of course, but they, just just like the reports from Ukraine, they don't have evidence. Ukraine says it and they report it. So why doesn't it happen when the separatists say the same thing? Because they have a side. They have an agenda. The Donetsk uh, rebel leader killed in a bomb in a bombing at the Donetsk cafe in August 2018 is the most prominent rebel victim in the in the conflict to date. So they have assassinating leaders, and yet none of this matters for the overall narrative. But my point here, to, to before I go past this is the, the very clear concept of how they are forcing people in this country under the idea of that they're forced to live under Ukrainian nationalism at a at the same point when the same government right now is losing its mind about American nationalism, about Trump supporters and QAnon and, and domestic terrorism and white supremacy and how this is the biggest thing we have to worry about. And it's overtaking the world. Well, it, I don't I don't believe that's what's happening, but I, if, if you were going to go along with that, my point would be, well, obviously, because you're making that happen. You're literally doing it right here and you pretend it's not while you don't want anybody to look at what you're doing. This is what they're doing. This is the same article I showed. This is from January 5th, 2022. So even Newsweek is well aware of what's actually happening. Now, for those that saw this before, bear with me. I'm going to go through a couple paragraphs again because people need to see this. Their title is, of course, the idea with this is because the idea here is they're trying to cross over January 6th. They're trying to cross over the whole white supremacist threat because that's clearly the agenda domestically over with what's happening abroad. But you see, the problem is that the U.S. government right now doesn't really want you to realize that that's what they're building in Ukraine because they want you to support Ukraine against Russia, at least at this, in this moment. So this becomes a very convoluted, rushed, kind of clumsy idea. You'll see what I mean. After a year after 1-6, because they want it to be like 9-11, it's not, Ukraine's war draws U.S. far right to fight Russia. So even Newsweek is going, well, even the U.S. government, Biden's government is being drawn far right? That's not what they would want you to think, right? Check this out. There's a lot more in here, by the way, that you should read. But investigative journalist Kuzmenko is among the leading figures bringing this lurking reality to light. He specializes in research on Ukraine's internationally active, internationally active for since 2014, guys, far right, as well as its access to the Western military training. 
right this moment, there's American troops training these white supremacist Ukrainian military troops in Ukraine right this moment. They're even covering it in regard to Western press by saying, look at their training civilians over here. But then the video goes and shows, oh, look, they're working by the next to the Georgian Legion Battalion, which, by the way, worked alongside the Azov Battalion, which is openly white supremacist. And Georgian Battalion is the one that worked with Craig Lang, who's the one they claim is the biggest threat. It's all obviously overcrossing. My point is there are American troops on the ground in Ukraine right this moment. It's on documentaries that they just filmed as of the last couple of weeks. They're saying it's happening right now. So one, that's a lie. They're pretending there aren't troops on the ground there. It's a lie. On top of that, they're right there in, they're in there training these troops. The government knows this while pretending they're fighting a, a war against white supremacy in your backyard while framing you as that threat. But it says they have an internationally active far right as well as their access to Western training provided to the Ukrainian armed forces. Kuzmenko has published a number of materials on the matter in outlets such as Bellingcat the Atlantic Council, and George Washington's University Institute for European, Russian, and Eurasian Studies. He argued that the proliferation of white nationalist ideology in the military and security forces of Ukraine is an understudied topic. Since the 2014 Maiden Revolution, which, by the way, I've already proven to you, or rather just given you evidence that Ukrainian forces, as well as people on the inside, very clearly called out that the snipers on the Maiden Square were U.S. forces. Same thing that happened in Syria. So that's, that, that is the 2014 regime change. That's why this government is even there. If you don't remember that part of it, I recommend you go back and check out this discussion. I think it was this one. No, this one right here, where I go deep into these background points. I go into understanding the NATO expansion and the Gorbachev and Reagan discussion and how they've obviously verifiably so, where I give you the documents and everything where they lie and they and are now violating a NATO a treaty that they would never move past Germany, NATO, and they have as well as the Ukraine regime change 2014 going forward that shows how that was carried out. And the U.S. government carried this out. Regime changed the government so they could be carrying out what they're doing now, as well as the shared values of the Azov Battalion and where they are now. And as well, the point I was just making, of the U.S. troops inside Ukraine. It's all in there. It's all in there for you to check out for yourself. Clearly, this will be over an hour, it seems, but that's okay. I'm always really bad at deciding how long these will go. <laughs> I always find new points in the middle of it, but here we are in the Maiden Revolution. It says, since then, the government, military and security forces have institutionalized in its ranks former militias and volunteer battalions, not linked to, that are neo-Nazi ideology, ideolo that espouse neo-Nazi ideology. I've proven that to you to this very day. Without screening for extremist ties or views, their integration has not led to depolitization and or dis dissolution once incorporated within the larger body. The point he's making, as it's made in plenty of other, other, plenty of other articles, this has exploded inside the government of Ukraine. That's because it's been driven there, guys. I am convinced this is the next thing they're going to use. He cites as a prominent example of Azov's special operations detachment. That's the one I keep pointing at, the ones they were just speaking with, also known as the Azov Battalion or the Azov Regiment. It was established by the Ukrainian Ministry of the Interior. This isn't some small volunteer group that the Western media simultaneously tries to paint as, which shows you they're trying to run both agendas at the same time. Like it's like they want you to know there's a building threat over here, but they also want to pretend like it's just this side thing. They're just you know volunteers and so on. It's not. It is invested. They're intertwined established by the Ministry of Interior after the conflict in 2014, meaning by 2017, when they were speaking to them, Graham and McCain, it was well-established and was later transferred to, guess what? The National Guard. Yeah, just a small little volunteer group, right? 
That's Western lies for you right there. Kuzmenko calls the the regiment, quote, a highly capable and heavily armed unit, reportedly numbering 1,100 or more back then. Fighters, that is also, or excuse me, I guess that's him quoting it now. I believe it's, that's just the Azov regiment, by the way. Uh, And that also uh, had the military wing of the internationally active Azov battalion movement, excuse me, internationally active. Via Azov's political wing, <clears throat> the National Corps Party, described by researchers as neo-Nazi, <clears throat> excuse me, the movement has gone international on multiple fronts with known contacts, which means your government knows all of this. Contacts in Germany, in their neo-Nazi third party in Germany, as well as America's rise above movement, right? So your government's framing this as a big threat than white supremacy while they are literally arming, funding, supporting, and working with the very group that is then creating that movement. You see my point? That's not an accident. The rise above movement has been pointed at by the Biden administration. They know it's being connected, that it's connected to the very group that they're working with, funding, arming, and growing. That is going to become the white supremacist domestic terrorist threat that they pretend has grown because of what's happening here, not because they've allowed it and grown it and pushed it over there, just like with Syria, just like the war on terror. That's my opinion, as well as Italy's Casa Pound, excuse me, all these groups around the world, but also with less scrutinized international contacts via other branches of the movement that draw less attention, but may carry equal dangerous, equally dangerous implications like the Georgia National Front or the far, the, I think it's the far, not the far right, the rise of, no, what was it? Shoot, I'm forgetting it. Somebody in the chat will remind me. There's another one that was something right, I believe, the right, something right movement that's also there. And they're all pointed at as freedom fighters while they're the groups actively espousing this ideology. Neither the Azov Regiment nor the National Corps responded, of course, to Newsweek's request for comment. Of course, because you're not supposed to connect these right now. The Ukrainian Foreign Ministry and the Ukrainian Defense Ministry also didn't respond. Gee, I wonder why. I wonder what they're hiding. As Kuzmenko points out, Kuzmenko, Washington, of course, the very group that is well aware of this problem, he points out is documentably aware or documented to have been aware. Washington has long recognized the danger posed by the Azov Regiment, the ones they're openly funding and arming today. For example, language introduced in 2018 to a government spending bill back then. Maintain and maintain sense to this very day. Banned using U.S. funds for the provision of arms, training, or other assistance to that specific unit. But the point being, when they're established by the Interior the Ministry of Interior and are now part of the National Guard, well, you could pretend you're stopping funds to that one little group, but then when you fund the Ukrainian government that then funds that group, oops, you know that's happening. Sort of like they pretend they're fighting the PMU while they fund the Iraqi government that then funds the PMU. It's a joke. Not that they're not fighting them. My point is simply that they're creating this. They're continuing to give them the arms that they pretend they're using back when all they use is Kytus rockets. Ah, it's different. I don't think that's what's happening. My point here, they're pretending they know they're a problem while ignoring every other part of it. Look, we passed a bill that says we can't fund them while you're funding the government that funds them. Yeah, that makes sense. In 2019, 40 lawmakers signed a letter asking for the Azov Regiment to be declared a foreign terrorist organization. In 2019, yeah, but now they're going, but no, 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 they're the terrorists. It's the separatists. They're fighting. They're the terrorists. So could it be that there are both terrorist organizations on both sides? Certainly possible. But why would we only take one side's argument? Obvious. Same point. This is an obvious agenda. The bottom line is they knew this. Your government knew this. They don't care because they're using them just like they use the Idlib terrorists. The Azov Regiment's active far-right recruiting efforts were also brought to the attention of the Biden administration. That means recently in a letter by none other than a Democratic representative, Elisa Slotkin. 
wrote a letter to Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State. You know, the same guy that's out there right now pretending that they're all fighting for freedom. Well, she said, these guys are terrorists. These guys are dangerous. They're spreading white supremacist ideology. Why are you okay with this? And they don't want to talk about it. How do we not see what's happening here? The State Department sent a brief reply to Newsweek's request for comment on whether the presence of far-right elements in Ukraine's armed forces, you know, were a concern for them. And as I told you before, what they say, as always, a robot-voiced United States is committed to Ukraine's sovereignty. That's it. So you don't care about it then, is your point. As long as you have an agenda that's more important, you don't care, which means you never care about it, which means what do they really care about happening in the United States? Not white supremacy. Clearly, they care about using that as a means to control you, just like that's being used here as a means to control Ukraine and the separatists and whoever else. The Department of Homeland Security, whose former acting secretary, Kevin McAllenon, discussed tracking the activities of U.S. citizens suspected to have far right forces in Ukraine. Get that. So they're following you if they believe that you espoused far-right ideology that might kind of tie back to Ukraine online, but don't care about arming and funding the very people they pretend are tied to you. Does that make sense? Of course, they didn't respond. They don't want they Homeland Security, no comment. FBI, Department of Justice, no comment, no comment. Why wouldn't why would you have no comment? Doesn't that seem obviously weird? Kuzmenko criticized what he saw as indifference of the U.S. to the status quo in Ukraine. Because it is the status quo, guys. It has been the whole time from 2014 to now. That is what is happening. It's not a small volunteer group. This is the status quo. And they've allowed it from McCain speaking to them to now. From 2014, regime change to now. They've grown a white supremacist threat. While continuing to provide military assistance. An issue seemingly compounded by a growing trend in Ukraine toward romanticizing fascism. Why? Because they're using that as their next generation of threats. Quote, as far as the internal area arena goes, it is puzzling that U.S. government is alarmed by the far-right Azov movement because it's attraction for the U.S. far-right. Banned the U.S. funds from being used to provide training arms to it, yet at the same time is totally fine with the regiment carrying on as a integral part of the Ukrainian government that receives billions of dollars from the U.S. government. That is the dumbest thing, even just saying it out loud. Quote, U.S. influence in Ukraine is very clear, and Washington's been able to press the country on reforms it deems necessary, right? It's been able to change what it wanted to change in Ukraine if it wanted to change it. But apparently, de-radicalizing the Ukrainian military away from white supremacist mentalities is simply not Washington's wish list. That is the expert on these people speaking. In the mainstream media, mind you. But to see, nobody will hear this in the mainstream because they just don't want to understand the full picture because, say it with me, Russia bad guy. That's it. It is as simple as that. Now, this is what the EU literally just said about the declaration of independence that came from the Donbass region. Donbass's recognition, quote, one of the darkest day... <laughs> that's funny. I wonder if they actually said that. No, that's a, that's a typo from RT. One of the darkest days in Europe's history. Seriously? One of the darkest days in Europe's history. Not the Holocaust. Well, okay, one of the darkest days, right? Just think about how incredible that is. They're comparing Russia's acknowledgement, which is not even really an action, just the acknowledgement of their independence as one of the darkest days in the history of Europe. Wow. This is like right up there with 1-6 being 9-11. I mean, this is just 
clumsy and lazy and bad. By recognizing the independence of the Donbass regions, Russia violated the basic rules of international law enshrined in the UN Charter and undermined the global security architecture of high-level Eurocrat, a high-level Eurocrat said on Tuesday. Right. So how does that not apply to the U.S. government declaring that Taiwan is independent? or the U.S. government declaring any other form of the same exact situation? Or how about the fact that the U.S. government roundly ignores the, the U.N. charter every time it gets something, every time their agenda comes up against it? Every time. Sort of like the talking about the, you know, giving the Golan Heights to, to Israel or pretending they can just take more territory in Palestine or any other place in the world you could point at where they openly ignore the U.N. charter. But of course, when Russia does something, which, by the way, is completely protected by the UN Charter, just because they pretend they're doing it for another reason, which is not proven, they claim it's that. That's one of those wink, wink, nudge, nudge movements, right? No, no, no. They're not recognizing independence. They're, they're invading. That's why. That's what they're really doing. Okay, prove that then. Are they even in the country yet? We'll get to that in a minute. The bottom line is declaring the independence of another location in no way violates this charter. And at the bottom line is it would if you took action physically, possibly. We'll get into more of that, but the reality that this is exactly what the U.S. government has done all over the world. Afghanistan, Iraq, any of them, where they pretend they step in and declare its independence and literally occupy the territory with a full military presence. But them saying this is wildly off the rails, undermines global security, on and on and on. They are making everything meaningless by the way they're framing everything these days. Maybe that's the whole point. It says, condemned, they condemned Moscow for its, quote, blatant and unacceptable decision to recognize the independence of these breakaway regions. Blatant and unacceptable to acknowledge people's will to be free? Isn't that what the entire idea of this country is based on? <laughs> this is ridiculous to me. Quote, today, without any doubt, is one of the darkest days in modern European history. I was modern to make sure we don't conflate it with the, right, this must have been a great modern era if that's the darkest day. Russia is no longer the power to dominate, therefore it chooses to disrupt. This is, this is the subjective framing of them. These are children, people. Our reaction to the, that behavior is going to determine not just the security of Europe, it is going to determine global security for the years to come because Russia stated that they respect that person's independence. Global security for years to come. That is absurd. Talk about overblowing the situation a little bit. It's not just a European problem, even though it happens in Europe. The point is that all their, all their concern is, and people that would point at me as not understanding the situation, is what they know Russia's going to do. Because don't you know Russia? That's how Russia's playbook works. They're going to play the game, and they're going to work their way in, and then they're going to, next thing you know, they're invading countries left and right. I'm not even, I mean, sure, is it possible? Of course it is. And you know, if, if you honestly watch this show, that I'll always say that's possible. But can you prove that? Historically speaking, who is the one that does that and has been doing it for a century? The U.S. government. Obviously. Show, point out the countries Russia has can openly invaded under a guise of doing this. Who said, we're fighting for their freedom. Now we're going to invade them. Who does that? The U.S. government. Where's the last one? I mean, you could pretend Crimea, but that's a little different, isn't it? Crimea is openly saying they want to be part of Russia. You can talk to anybody in Syria, anybody in Afghanistan, anybody in Iraq, and you won't hear that. Even from the people that are supposedly on their side of this right now. 
They just voted, not just, but they voted the entire country, the military presence to leave Iraq. And they said, screw you, we don't care, but we respect your sovereignty. It's all framing and narrative. Now, on to the point of the actual troops. Here's where we are today. Well, we've been covering this up until now and showing you that it's everything has been based on what they want you to believe, even though they continually get caught lying about what they want you to believe. Nothing other than narrative is backing this up. So when I count up today and I see arguments of invasions of, of, of the Donbass region, I immediately was like, okay, I, it's, let's look into this and find out if anybody's even proving this argument. And as far as I could tell, maybe it's happened since we've gone live, I have seen no evidence at all other than two clips that show tanks. Not a long string of tanks, but one tank and then a, a car that goes by. And, th and then they're claiming these are on the outskirts of the Donbass region. I did my best to verify that. Couldn't. Even if it is, does that, does, that does that in any way prove that there's an invasion happening? But let's get into this for those that haven't seen the last few events in regard to the recognition of the territory and what that means. Wall Street Journal. Russian troops pour into Ukraine. So let's be clear about how the mainstreams are covering this. They're arguing that not just a couple, not just a presence, but that Russian troops have already poured into Ukraine. Nobody is making clear that that, no, I haven't seen any evidence at all of that. And then guess what? Russia halts Nord's dream too, which we, you know, here and there covered for, for years now on this whole conversation. This is a huge, important point for the U.S. government. And they have no justifiable reason to stop Germany from working with Russia other than they don't like it. And so they literally threaten to sanction Germany, which shows you who the real criminals are. Now, this side agenda or the main agenda has, has a led into the stopping of this, at least temporarily, which, in my opinion, is one of the most important parts of why they've driven this, driven, driven this in. Control of resources, control the flow of power around them. But just recognize that being stopped is really important. No, that's right. I didn't have anything in this article itself. Here is an interesting article from BBC. Now, let's take a look really quickly about where, and this is just, this is from the corporate media is telling you. What, based on what I've seen, it's pretty generally the same, even on other locations. But the idea being is this is all estimates from the Western press. Even that though, that's why I wanted to show you this. Even the Western press are showing you something that seems to completely challenge the general consensus, the way they're presenting this to the average Fox CNN watcher. So what it says is, where are Russian troops? And again, remember, this is Western press. Military units heading into Ukraine will be drawn from up to 190,000 personnel gathered close to Ukraine's borders, which means inside of Russia, in the recent months. Now, 190,000 troops. I mean, this is really ridiculous to me. Just so we're clear, as far as we could tell, and this again is coming from the, from, we, from Western controlled concepts, what we know is that what we what we what we have what we can I've not know, but just what what's on the record of what they're saying is the truth. Russian ground forces amount to two hundred and eighty thousand active duty troops. So to argue that one hundred and ninety thousand troops are on the border with Ukraine inside Russia, which would be totally justifiable with everything that's happening, if it was even true, that accounts almost accounts for almost seventy percent. It's like two percent shy of seventy percent of the entire ground forces of Russia. Can we all just acknowledge how stupid that is? Are we really going to pretend that Russia would put seventy percent of all of its ground forces in one location while this is happening? They're not that stupid. 
that either in my, that would either mean if they did for me that they have far more ability to, to protect themselves with more troops than we realize around this gigantic landmass which would make them vulnerable from all these other locations, from the sea and otherwise, if they did believe there was some point coming an action coming from Ukraine to the US government, to why they would take 70% of what they need to defend this huge area and bring it way, just right there, just along this border. Certainly possible. Just what I would argue is that from what they've shown strategically as the government of, of, of Russia, that that's just a stupid move. But what do I know, right? Nonetheless, the point remains, what have they not done? Proven that. Not one, not, not Putin, or excuse me, not, not Biden, not the, not the Western press, not any of them. None of them have given you proof that there's that many troops. They keep going, well, you know, 100,000, maybe 125, maybe 190, whatever they want it to sound like. Now it's up from, from up to, they're guessing, guys, they're lying really more accurately. It says they are equipped with everything from tanks to an artillery to air power and naval support. Well, first of all, they're just they're they they're guessing, which they make clear in the article. But you know why? It's an easy guess to make. Oh, that's right, because they're still inside their own country. Of course, they have they have access to literally everything that's in their country. So of course, they have access to tanks and planes and naval for. Of course, they do because they're not leaving their country. I can't get past how stupid that is. Then it says a short while later, he ordered troops into into the two regions to, quote, maintain peace. So the point is, on Monday, I thought I had something before this. We'll get into this in a couple articles after it. Putin decided to recognize the Donbass regions, Donetsk and, and Lonex regions, independently, separately, respectively, as independent states. So again, remember we told you, this was in the works. This has already been building. That had already been discussed. It's not something new. It's already been going on for a long time. These are people that are openly telling the world they don't want to be part of Ukraine from any angle you look at this story from. And so apparently it's okay for the U.S. government to argue that these people should be forcefully pushed back into a open, openly white supremacist Ukrainian nationalist government. That's it. That makes sense to anything you hear from the U.S. and the press? No. And now that they recognize that, that uh, the desire to be independent, the Russians are the ones being aggressive. Make sense of that. Now, but then the point is they say, well, and this is the only way you could make this sound bad, but they move troops in. Now it's an invasion of the separatist area. But wait a minute. I thought you were claiming they invaded Russia or invaded Ukraine, which is what they're all claiming, right? Russian troops pour into Ukraine. Well, what you'll notice is they're now conflating the idea of what's actually going on. Because let's be clear. They have never been arguing, as far as I could tell, that they were going to invade the Donbass region. Because why would that make sense? Russia is working with the Donbass region. They argue they've always been present. The reality being, if they have been present, on top of that, that they're just supporting their right to independence and that they're Russian-speaking areas and they are being attacked by Ukraine. I, I'm not going to say I know for sure whether there's Russian troops there. It wouldn't surprise me at all. The point being is that they're claiming they just invaded Ukraine and the Western press is running with this across the, across the board saying that they're invading Ukraine. But the point is, even when you dig into this from a mainstream level, is they're only moving into this region because they claim they're there to support peace. Now, that is an important nuance that some of these articles are getting into, but the reality is that they're claiming that be, that presence is the invasion of Ukraine, which is what they told you was about to happen, except they weren't meaning this area, they were meaning the larger area of Ukraine. So we'll get to that more in a second. The U.S. said it was nonsense to describe the Russian troops in Ukraine as peacekeepers. Why exactly? Honest question. 
Do we have evidence to suggest that they're there not to keep peace? Did the U.S. present something that suggests they've got plans to not keep peace? Does the U.S. government do the same thing even in countries that they don't aren't welcome in? Yes, to all of it. The point being is that there's nothing to verify this, or I guess no, the first ones. The point is that there's nothing to verify anything they're saying, and it's just nonsense because don't you know Russia's bad guy? Don't you know their playbook and their bad playbook? They have all kinds of dangerous plays. That's it. So until there's something that happens, and they, this is what they all they do is point to these quiet behind the scenes moves, and Russia says the same thing about the U.S. So why are we taking one person's word over the other? It's obvious. If you from taking a stance from the Russian side of this, if you want to pretend that they're telling the truth, doesn't it obviously make sense for them to protect the area? And the whole reason that they, that if you read, if you read up on why they've been doing this, the whole reason is that they want to protect them from Ukrainian nationalism. They want to protect them from the white supremacist government that is hurting them, that is that is right now attacking them because they know that they don't support Ukraine's mindset. That's verifiable. I mean, Ukraine itself is openly attacking them. They claim they're being attacked first. The point is there's a war here. So why would they want to just force them back together when Ukraine is openly engaged in a war with them? It's just painfully obvious what we're talking about here. Now, where was I here? Hold on. I just lost my point. Shoot. Well, I was going somewhere with that. The bottom line is... The pouring into Ukraine is what I wanted to get into here and, and, and why it's obvious that they're saying that they're, shoot, there's something else I was going to say right there. I know I always do this and I get lost and I don't want to get, okay, I'll just keep going forward. Russian troops pour into Ukraine. Have we proven that that's actually, oh, the, oh, I remember now the point was, you know, it would logically make sense for, for Russia to then push into that territory as peacekeepers, if that's what they're actually doing to, to protect them. Again, my point is because Ukraine is attacking them because it's obvious that they don't agree. And so now that they've declared their independence and that they're asking for support, Russia is, they're claiming, and, and here's where we get into the reality of it, writing into law that they have the right to support them if they so choose. That's what's happened, as far as I can tell, which then became Russian troops pour into Ukraine on a peace mission that he says he can do if he wants to. This is my, in my opinion, is an aggressive misrepresentation, as always, from the Western press. Now it says the estimated number of Russian troops deployed in and around Ukraine. Now here's my point. That's how they try to confuse the reader, as they say they've already deployed into Ukraine, and even then we're talking about the d- disputed regions, which I don't. I'm still even arguing. I'm not sure that's even been proven that two have happened yet. But when they say down here that they've deployed in and around Ukraine, the reader believes that means Ukraine, not the separatist disputed region. They just pretend that is Ukraine. And you could argue that right now, I mean, the the honest thing to do is call it the separatist region because they dispute it. So does Russia. Ukraine claims part of Ukraine. Everyone disputes what's going on. On Friday, the U.S. government said Russia had between 169,000 to 190 personnel in around Ukraine. 185, 190, 169, 100,000, who cares? You know, 70% of the ground forces, no big deal. A statement by the U.S. ambassador to the Organization of Security and Cooperation in Europe said, quote, this estimate includes, this estimate, they're guessing, which is always the reality, includes military troops along the border in Belarus and occupied Crimea. So, so, oh, okay. So the reality is it's pretty scattered around a large area. Yeah, They don't want you to know that, do you? They want you to think it's all lined up along the one spot. That's how they make you think about it, right? And by the way, most of these groups, groupings of troops, 
were already there. That's the illusion. Most of these areas, Belarus, Crimea, they already had troops in these areas. Russian National Guard and other internal security units deployed in these areas and Russian-led forces in eastern Ukraine. Now it says, earlier, the UK Defense Secretary Ben Wallace said that 60% of Russia's land forces were near the border. He's even saying that. I don't know why that makes sense to anybody. It's actually much closer to 70 is what the numbers they're arguing. Last week, Russia's deputy ambassador to the UN said, quote, all this is happening in the heads of our Western colleagues. So that's Russia laughing over there saying, this is crazy. Now, could they be lying? Of course they could. But I'd love someone to prove that. They're just going, they're just spinning this up. As Caitlin Johnson said, if they weren't yelling and waving their hands, we wouldn't even know anything is happening. Now, yes, you could argue that's the sneaky Russian playbook. But how about we prove something ever, even remotely in, in the way the world is today? Now on these, oh, let me read this last part and I'll show you some of these images. I think that was it down here. Oh, a couple more parts. I'll read through these first. Last week, Russia's defense ministry said some troops from the Southern and Western military districts had completed their exercises <clears throat> and were returning to these permanent, to their permanent bases. But NATO said it had not seen evidence of the de-escalation on the ground. Again, nobody saying either, nobody proving either side and yet we just pick one side to go with. It's like a football game. It's Secretary General uh, of the UN said, on the contrary, it appears that Russia continues the military buildup. But there's nothing to back this up. And in fact, what we're talking about is responses to what they've been doing from the very beginning, such as, you know, flying F-16s 200 miles off their base. But no, where was the UN secretary then? Did he not stand up and say, I, I call for de-escalation? Well, no, because nobody cared about it then. Nobody talked about it that way. Because Russia didn't stand up and scream and bleat and stomp their feet like something was going on because they know how aggressive they are. It says satellites have detected a sharp rise in activity in Crimea, where, according to one assessment, an additional 10,000 troops have arrived in late January and early February in Crimea. Right. Part of, again, part of their Russian territory. Now it says joint military exercises in Belarus were scheduled to run until February 20th, but have been extended. Right. You mean the, the ones that we told you, they already told you were going to happen that are now going on? Yep. Same point. They could be something more of it, but the U.S. does the same thing, which, by the way, they did in September 20th, which was before any of this started. All matters. A, a statement cited the deterioration of the situation in East Ukraine as one reason for the decision. Right. So the point being, Russia's going, look, we have people here. Ukraine is screaming and firing and pointing fingers, and the U.S. government's acting like we're all going to be in a, explode into war. So why wouldn't we keep troops on our territory at a place where you're pointing at something happening? Look at it this way. Even if the U.S. really believed Russia was going to invade, and even if and, and Russia really wasn't going to, wouldn't they still move troops up? You know that. Because you got one group over here pulling its hair out going, oh my God, they're about to do something, like really irrationally. And you're going, well, geez, I'm not doing anything, but I might as well move troops up. It seems like they think we are, so we might as well be prepared. You, it, 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 it doesn't have to be the reality, but you have to admit that that would make sense. And all it would take was the U.S. government stomping its feet and going, they're about to invade. And then you would have actions taken in response, which would then be pointed at as the reason they're doing it. It's the same thing they do everywhere. They shoot snipers in Syria and then pretend he shot snipers and move into Syria, right? They carry out a false flag and they point to the false flag and say, that's why we have to go in. They starve Iran and they go, look at how bad they are. That's why we have to go in there. They starve Yemen and go, look at how bad they are. That's why we have to go in there. They're starving to death. It's just embarrassing we pretend like we don't all know this stuff. We all know this. And you listening that you think we're fake news, you know this too, and you know it. The Ukrainian capital, Kiev, is less than 100 miles from the border, said Mr. Johnson. And he says he believes that Russia is planning an attack from Belarus. Okay, prove it. 
I love how Mr. Johnson, who can't even comb his hair, is apparently giving you all advice on what we're supposed to think is happening. Give us some evidence if you think something's going to happen or shut your mouth. Because this is all narrative from people that get caught lying a thousand times over. Russia has been hold, holding worldwide naval drills from the Atlantic to the Pacific running through February involving about 140 ships, 60 aircraft. They're always doing this. So too is the U.S. government. We, we pointed this all the time. I'm not saying that doesn't mean something. They're both doing it in response while acting like all they're doing is just a, a totally benign drill they always plan for. They're always military actions and they're always meant to be taken that way. They just give you narrative. So it's embarrassing for them to point at it like what they're doing is, a, is totally a big provocation while the U.S. government's doing it elsewhere at the same time. And they, oh, that's just because we're doing drills, you dumb conspiracy theorists. Russian vessels in the Black Sea and Sea of Azov, including six vessels, which passed through the English Channel in January. They're capable of landing main battle tanks, personnel, and armored vehicles. Yep. All right within their own territory, right? All within the areas which they are allowed to operate, which is there. Yeah. But we don't talk about it when we say it like that. So you continue to think they're building up around their own territory. Now let's look at these breakdowns of the troops real quick. So this, where Russia's troops are positioned. Again, this is Western information. But even then, look at what's going on here. So you can see that the black squares are newly arrived units. The triangles are Russian units in Belarus exercises. The small circles are permanently stationed. And then the, I, this is just irrelevant, annexed. I don't know why. They, and here's our final lie about what happened in Crimea. But the point is that these bigger circles, as you can see, the small ones are the permanent bases, 1,000, and the bigger 4,000, bigger than that, 6,000. So what they want you to think <clears throat> is that everything's happening right down here, or actually more so, I would argue, up here. What they've been continuing to argue is that Russian troops, which right here is 6,000, are building to invade Ukraine. Not down here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Caught my throat. Not down here in the Donbass disputed region, but Ukraine, right? And then they claim it, look, including this one over here and these ones way over here and these guys way up here and this one all, all the way over here. These in Crimea. They add it all together and go 190,000 on the border with Ukraine. Well, you could argue that's sort of true because they're all reasonably close, but realize this is not really on the border. And neither really is this when you really break it down. When you see that's hundreds, I mean, 50, 50 miles from the border. The point is they are lying about how they, they're sick. They're, uh, how's the right way to frame that? Well, they're lying to you by omission or by acting like this is a bigger, a one location when really it's a larger buildup around multiple locations, most of which were already there. Recognize the smaller bases. That one's permanent. This one's permanent. This one's permanent. This one's permanent. Oops. Down here, this one, this one. They're all permanent bases, guys. So these are all troops that were already there. So they add, add that together. What's that? One, two, three. You're talking, I mean, bottom line is they're, if they're claiming 195,000 troops, you could probably say that a good large portion of that has already been there. And we could even, again, going back to the beginning of the narrative, remember, they were telling you this was happening, and even 92,000 were already there back in November 20th, and they never proved it back then. That was Ukrainian intelligence. So if they're, if they're all the way back then, in November, with 100,000, so what's they, what have they done since then? Brought 45,000 troops? And a lot of that are the Belarus exercises way over here. A lot of that are these square groupings, which are what? Newly arrived units that are not even remotely close to the, the border, right? You can see how manipulated this is. Most of which anybody honest with themselves would argue it's justified. What they're doing is in response to drills held by NATO, in response to 
aircraft or F-16s literally flown 200 miles off the coast of Russia. And then this kicks off. I just find that to be incredibly dishonest. The next one, showing you this breakdown of the region. I want us to remember again, it looks like the kindergarten that seems to have been attacked or at least shelled if that even happened, which I haven't gotten any indication of that or rather verification of that is in the disputed region. So it seems they already lied about that. But just recognize the difference between the separatist area, specifically down here, which is where that I believe that kindergarten was, which is the disputed area of the Donbass region. And then we have Ukraine in general, Ukraine proper, which, by the way, is currently still being run by a United States government regime change puppet. So everything happening there is not Ukraine. Despite the way that they're framing this as troops pouring into Ukraine, they're claiming at the most that it's Russian troops going into the disputed region for a peacekeeping mission that they claim isn't really peacekeeping, but more about invasion. But then while they're framing it to the people that don't follow this as invading Ukraine, who are then going, oh, they were right. They told us it would happen and now it's happening. But no, they didn't tell you they would invade the separatist region. They told you they'd invade Ukraine. So this is the conflation of the narrative, just taking what they can get. Now, what you'll notice here, this is Russian parliament grants Putin the right to deploy military abroad. This is today. Now, what you'll notice is this is not what's actually happening, at least as far as I can prove, which is all I want to go with. What we're looking at here is the Russian parliament granting Putin the right to specifically to deploy troops within the Donbass region, separate the, the disputed region, should he need to. The authorization grants Putin the right to use Russian forces abroad, quote, in accordance with the principles and norms of international law, which, by the way, is never what's included with the U.S. statements, which doesn't mean they, either of them actually follow it, though. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. There's plenty of times where they do include it within the U.S., but it's always, anyway, different point. Senate's resolution at release to the media shows this. The document does not impose any specific limits on the use of the military with the number of troops, as well as the areas of their activity, their goals, length of stay, and so on, to be decided by the president, quote, in accordance with the Constitution. So it gives him broad authority to, to, to they claim, to deploy troops in to, to act as, it, as they see fit. They're claiming defense. The decision was taken after Russia recognized the breakaway Donbass region. Later on Tuesday, Putin told journalist Moscow in Moscow, the, the journalist that Moscow was ready to provide military support to the Donbass republics if required. That's today, you understand. The president was speaking in the Kremlin after holding talks. We're talking about hours ago, hours ago, the, the, the parliament of Russia deciding this and them openly saying that we're going to do this for peace if we need to, which as far as I can tell, immediately got reported as pouring into Ukraine. I would love to prove it. I would love to see evidence otherwise. And I'm going to get into what evidence there is. Now, please, if there's more that's happened, let me tag me in the chat. Let me know. You remember, you remember you got to tag the, the channel this is, by the way, not me. Hashtag TLAV pirate streams. So where were we here? Back on this point. So it's going on going forward. It says, quote, yesterday we signed agreements with the DPR and the LPR, the Donbass region, respectively. They contain clauses that will provide, among other things, military assistance, if necessary. We will fulfill our obligations. Now, right now, that's being framed, even just the clause, as prov provocative, as warmongering. Now, who else does that? Who else frames their military assistance under a guise of defense and freedom? Oh, that's right, the U.S. government. 
who literally does this in every other country they've gone into, in fact, immediately deploys a massive deployment of occupation, which, by the way, is against the international law. Yeah, but who cares about international law? Just, or who cares about the UN when it's a, what we want of the US government, right? But he's breaking the UN charter, which we don't care about, which we literally step on every day. We, as in I'm speaking as the US government, not as the American people, which are two very different things. The point, let's just take Iraq, for example. They pretend they're fighting for the sovereignty and independence of Iraq, right? Even though Iraqi people have suffered grossly since then. Same with Libya and everywhere else. The reality is they use their military assistance and our guise of defense to pretend that they're there for freedom. So why couldn't, why wouldn't that be possible for Russia to do? Oh, because Russia bad guy. I forgot. If there's nothing else than that, if you can't give me another reason, then you're a child. Because the reality is that these governments are all fighting for the same things. Power, control, resources. I, I, I would argue that none of them are ultimately doing this for the reason of actually fighting for defense of somebody's sovereignty. But nonetheless, Russia, or even let's just say China, for instance, in places like excuse me, Africa, they're not invading under a guise of what's best for the world. They're not pointing out an election that was faked or they claim was faked and then destroying the government and pretending they're fighting for freedom. They're making agreements with these countries, maybe, maybe strong arming, who knows, but which is publicly stated by both sides as being something they want. And then the U.S. frames it as, oh my God, China's invading Africa. Same thing. Now, am I pretending that China's not doing this in a way that should be alarming? No, but it's clear that they're better at this, at least right now. The U.S. government's tapping into a 50-year-old plan of pretending you're altruistic. Nobody buys it anymore, but they don't care. My point is they're all similar. In this case, Russia is using something you could argue is the right thing to achieve that goal, even if it's a bad thing. They're supporting groups that want their independence, even if you pretend they're terrorists. I don't know how you get away by framing this, that they're the one taking negative action here while they're supporting their right to make their decision that they want publicly to happen and that you're willing to put troops on the ground that they want to be there in order to support what they want to happen. None of that is what's happening in any of the locations the U.S. government claims the same. You know why? Because the people there say the opposite. The reporters from the ground say the opposite unless they're coming from controlled Western press. Quote, yesterday we signed agreements with these locations and we will put military assistance if we need if they need it, if they want. Ahead of the vote, representatives of the committee said they supported the authorization, suggesting the troops could be sent to the Donbass region as peacekeepers. The Speaker of the Russian Federation Council said that they would create normal conditions for people's lives and ensure security. It sounds very much like what the U.S. pretends they're doing all over the world. Just because they said the peacekeepers that they could I believe this got exploded by Western press as already there. You know why? Because they said, well, it's not really a lie because I think we think they're already in there anyway. And you'll see that actually admitted to in one of these articles. I've, I'm, I've, I'm, it's, it's amazing what the Western press, the corporate media has devolved into. They've, they've devolved into it being openly what they've always been, but it's like they don't even care anymore. They are being subjective, hypothetical, speaking in hyperbole. I mean, it's like they're violating every journalistic norm and they don't even care anymore because they're so hyped up on their own superiority and their own righteousness right now that they don't even care. It's just, it's, it's really embarrassing to watch. And a lot of them don't even realize they're doing it. But it goes on to say immediately after announcing the recognition of the Donbass regions on Monday, late yesterday, Putin signed bilateral friendship and cooperation treaties with each republic. The treaties were ratified on Tuesday today by both chambers of the, of the Russian parliament, as well as by the legislatures of the DPR and the LPR, the, the regions. 
Putin explained his decision in a televised address later in the day, which, by the way, was very clear. I was going to include it, but it's in another language and it's long. And the point simply is that he laid out all of what they don't want you to hear. He could be lying. Sure. But what's interesting is that they immediately kept this. I got brought down on places it was being shown. They really didn't want you to see what he was saying. He was, I mean, and in my opinion, a lot of what he was saying is easily verifiable. Putin explained his decision in a televised address, pinning the blame on Kiev and claiming the Ukrainian authorities were seeking to end the long, years-long conflict by force rather than negotiations. You know, the openly neo-Nazi white supremacist government that the U.S. government wants you to pretend is fighting for freedom. And even if they are, that they're supporting the very thing they pretend they're fighting in your country right now. Quote, they are not interested in peaceful solutions. They want to start a blitzkrieg. Every day they are amassing troops in the Donbass. The point is, they're not. If, if you want to pretend that they're fighting for freedom, how can you pretend that anybody who's white supremacist neo-Nazi is a fascist? Which is what you're saying here in this country. You can't have these contradictory ideas because it's provable that these people are what they don't want you to think that they are. That's the wrong one, right uh, here. Now, this is how it's been reported in the Western press. Everywhere. Putin gets okay to use force outside of Russia, right? So that's not even actually true. What he got, what, and I'll show you what it actually says. So, so, but basically, it's become the argument that he has the ability to put, put peacekeepers has become troops pouring into Ukraine. Then the idea that he has the ability to deploy to Ukraine, or excuse me, to deploy to the separate the separatist area, becomes okay to use force anywhere in the world, which is exactly what we can prove. Israel has openly stated in its own legislation that it has the legal right to deploy and do whatever it wants anywhere in the world. But over here, <laughs> Jesus, Bliss Krieg, excuse me, sorry, Bliss Craig Krieg, so important, I'm sorry. But the point here is that we're talking about a misrepresentation of the mainstream of of the of the reality as this what which is what they do every time they possibly can russia to evacuate diplomats from ukraine citing threats it says the russian foreign ministry said it has decided to evacuate russian diplomatic personnel from ukraine pointing at threats it's received which we already showed you not only are they openly openly threatening but they're also at least from the russia's perspective and the narrative they've spun could be true they've already tried to carry out false flags the ministry said Tuesday Russian diplomats in Ukraine have received multiple threats. Now, by the way, you could also argue that everything coming from, you know, the U.S. government saying we're going to help you invade Ukraine or help you invade Russia or from the fact that the entire Western apparatus right now is like openly talking about how they needed to, to stop Russia from what it's doing and take action against Russia and Russia's dangerous. That's the same difference. That's they are threatening action right now. They've added that they will, they will be evacuated in the nearest time in regard to the diplomats. The move follows Russia's recognition of Ukraine's rebel regions and Russia's parliament, their vote to grant President Putin permission to use military force in Ukraine. That's what's happening, right? And when they main Ukraine, of course, again, even this is, it's the Donbass region. Now, could they use that outside of that? Of course, just like the U.S. government does literally every day around the world. The point is that facts matter. This is the point in regard to how it became the world. Anywhere you want to make it frame like Russia's got its eyes on invading the world, which is how they're actually trying to paint this, as Russia's now trying to be a build their own, their old empire. Well, maybe they are. You know who you can see very clearly is doing that all around the world? The same government that's pretending to fight for freedom. 
I mean, come on, guys. We can't just keep pretending narrative makes this work. Well, they say they're fighting for freedom, so it's okay that they're destroying countries and murdering people and burning things down and robbing people. Well, that's all freedom, though. But Russia's not doing that. But because we say what they mean is that, oh, my God, they're terrorists. You get the difference? Both of them say they're fighting for freedom and independence. One of them is actively doing the opposite. The other one is not. But the one that's not is the one that's the dangerous one. It's so easy when you just make it simple for people. This is so frustrating. Putin orders Russian forces to Ukraine. Again, this Al Jazeera even states it like this, but let's actually read what it says. Vladimir Putin has ordered Russian troops to maintain peace in two breakaway regions in eastern Ukraine. Hours after Russian president recognized the regions of independent entities. Now, that even that doesn't say he has ordered them to go into the areas. But to maintain peace, should they need to, is what the actual dec- uh, statement was. But in two official decrees, which is the actual reality, Putin on Monday instructed the country's defense ministry to assume the functioning of maintaining peace in the eastern regions. Not that they've actually already deployed troops. This happened hours ago. Could it have happened? Of course. But if these people are so certain it's happening, why wouldn't they be waving this evidence in front of your face on Fox and CNN every day for 24 hours straight? And everything else they said. If they've got so much evidence, all of this is this way, or that Iran's building a nuclear bomb, or that they're doing this, or they're doing that, they would be shoving it down your throat nonstop. Because they don't, and they haven't, it means they're lying to you. The history makes that undeniable. So to do the facts. But it says in two official decrees that they're maintaining peace is their point. Putin's announcement paved the way for Russia to openly send troops to weapons to long-running conflicts in this area. Exactly. The announcement paved the way for them to do this. So let me ask you this, Al Jazeera, even you would frame it as he orders troops to Ukraine. That's not what happened. In every way I can find this, in any documentation from ref, from Russian news or Western news, it tells you that they stated they could. And that becomes pouring into Ukraine because these are garbage propaganda outlets. Or it's the smith mont Modernization Act and the National Security said they should lie to you. Now, where were the, uh, hold on, I think we had the clips. Oh, is this the wrong one? That's interesting. I, maybe, okay, if I, if I miss this, I'll come back. Pretty sure I had these, uh, the, the tweets of the actual, yeah, it was this one. Hold on, I'll make sure to miss it. We'll keep going. In one of these, there's tweets, there's pictures of what they claim are Russian vehicles on the outskirts of the Donbass region. I swear it was this one. Maybe they removed them. Maybe not. I'll come back in case. I didn't think it was that far down. But anyway, going forward, this is as of yesterday, UN leaders condemn Putin after he orders peacekeepers to Ukraine, orders them to Ukraine. Like, again, this is just a gross misrepresentation of what's actually happening as far as I can tell. It says that he ordered Russian troops to conduct peacekeeping operations there. The Biden administration announced a first round of limited economic sanctions. Right. The joke being that they were already saying that they have to, that, I'll show you at the end, Russia already came out and said they're going to cast sanctions on us. There's no question. They don't need justification to do. These are illegal sanctions. There's no reason anywhere in the world that one country has the legal right to cast sanctions on another country. That's a UN national or international concept. That's unilateral. It makes them illegal. The U.S. government is doing this because they are out of control. doesn't mean that Russia and China don't do the same thing these days because that's just how it goes. But the point is that it's supposed to be something that the UN collectively discusses and they do. 
But the point is they came out ahead of this before they did it. As Biden and them said, the media was representing them as, ah, they're not going to do it. Probably not going to happen because sanctions aren't important. And they came out and said, that's stupid. They're, of course they're going to. And they were right. <laughs> now, yes, they are doing it. Economic sanctions against the country for what? For moving inside of its own country and for acknowledging the independence of a country, of a group that wants to be independent. Right. Declarations of independence used to be something that the U.S. government liked. <laughs> Not anymore. We don't like independence. We don't like freedom in this country anymore. Linda Thomas Greenfield, the U.S. representative to the U.N., said, quote, and this is the funny part, Putin wants the world to travel back in time. So apparently she's got a tap into his intentions and knows how he's thinking to a time before the United Nations, to a time when empires ruled the world, but the rest of the world has moved forward. This is not 1919. This is 2022. Like, do we not realize how embarrassing that is? Like, you, why would somebody stand up and speak subjectively about what another leader wants to do? I don't care if it's even true. That's propaganda. You don't get to argue that you know what he's thinking. This is where we are today. Whether it's COVID-19, whether it's anything else, they are allowing these people to just state what they think they think they're doing, and that's fact. How do we possibly know he wants to go before? I mean, the idea is that he's been openly, at the very least, stating left and right that he wants the Minsk agreements to continue, that he wants negotiation and diplomacy. And every action they've taken has seemingly supported that. Even if you think quietly, secretly, wink, wink, nudge, nudge behind it all, he knows he wants to take over the world. It's a, shouldn't we prove that? But it doesn't matter. This is the, hy this is the hyperbolic nonsense I'm talking about. In her mind, this is the villainous Soviet Union trying to take over the world. You know who's actually doing that? Whether or not they state it, narrative versus action, the U.S. government. Where they want their empire, where they want to rule the world, where they want to take over. They want it to be 1919, where they're overthrowing countries in South America under, excuse me, drop my pen. Where they want to overthrow countries in South America under a guise of, you know, fighting for freedom while they're just backing fruit companies, right? That's the time they liked, where they didn't have to explain themselves, even though right now they're doing that. Over and over and over. Regime change in Ukraine was one of those places. They are the ones carrying this out. Even if Russia secretly does want to take over the world, they're right. he's right now competing with the larger government that wants to take over the world first. And this is their representative to stand up and say, no, he's a bad guy. He wants to do bad things that we, I think, and that I'm stating with nothing to back it up because that's okay because I'm the U.S. government. Russia's... Uh, Nebenzia, in turn, accused the ambassador, accused Ukraine of aggression of shelling the civilians in Donbass conflict. While Ukrainian representatives said that Russia was recognition of the areas was illegal and illegitimate. So they didn't even dispute that they were shelling the area. But the point is, they're all arguing this. Everybody's narrative is denied except the U.S. government. The world states that one's the fact because they're the good guy. Finally, it says negotiation is, all, is the only way to address the existing differences. The United Nations chief political officer. You mean the negotiations that Russia was trying to push the entire time, despite narrative being spun around what they were doing in their own country? Yeah, they were screaming about that left and right the entire time until finally, and I'm not saying that's what ultimately happened, but that's what we can see. That's the front surface of it. Until finally, they were driven to action, which I believe is what's happening. Quote, we call on all relevant actors to focus their efforts on immediate secession of hostilities. Okay, so now we've got a region that's declaring independence that Russia's acknowledged and they've moved within their own country. 
But then you've got multiple actors building up troops all over the areas around Russia. You've got F-16s flown just miles off, the, 200 miles off the border. You've got drills happening before this all starts. You've got everything screaming narrative at them. You're going to invade. You're going to evade. You're going to take action. We're going to attack cyber attacks, left and right, everything, while Russia's standing in their own country. And the idea that you're literally talking about them maybe putting troops in an area that's right next to them that they support in against an openly white supremacist government that the U.S. is supporting, while the U.S. is known to have destroyed countries in this exactly the same way left and right. And we're calling on all relevant actors to cease hostilities. Who exactly is hostile? Point to a Russian hostile territory. If, if You could point to the disputed areas, but again, this is a right now the narrative is different. So you can't prove that, can you? What we can prove is all of the hostile actions the U.S. has taken in response to what they claim Russia's doing hostily, hostily, but they can't prove. But we can sure as hell see the hostile actions that the U.S. frames as defense over and over and over, encroaching closer and closer and closer, while continuing to point to things they can't prove in Russia. How long until we begin to go, is this even happening? Are they lying like they did before? Speaking to the country's citizens earlier, Ukrainian president, Zelensky said Putin's actions were a violation of the sovereignty and territory integrity of Ukraine. So I guess we don't like you what you want to force their those people who you're trying to kill back into your country. Even though they don't agree with you, they don't believe in the same, the same culture that they're that you're a white supremacist, but it doesn't matter. <clears throat> that's independence. That's freedom by forcing them back into a country they don't want to be a part of. Paskey, of course, says the administration will not have will have more announcements soon related to today's blatant violation of Russia's international commitments. So Ukraine and everything they're doing is not a violation of the Minsk agreements, but whenever Russia takes action, it's a blatant violation, of course. They're separate from the economic consequences to be imposed. That's where it's all going. And finally, it says, at the same time that the U.S. denounced the Russian move, the White House deployed the significance, downplayed, excuse me, oh, here's the point, about the I guess at the simultaneously arguing that this was an invasion of Ukraine, but then at the end of the article, which most people won't read, they then argue that it's not really an invasion because they've already been there. So how can it be a breathless invasion of Ukraine, which all the media is telling while you argue that they were already there? So it's probably not even a difference. This, this is what it reads at the same time that the U S denounced the Russian move, which they haven't proven that might, I can, as far as I can tell, hasn't even happened. The White House downplayed the significance of that move they're pretending is happening, telling reporters that Russian forces moving into the Donbass region, which they haven't proven, would not be a further invasion of Ukraine. Why? Because Russian troops have already been the regions. <laughs> so wait a minute, you're telling me this is an invasion for the first time, yet it's not an invasion because they've already been there since 2014. Despite denials from Moscow, which means they can have never proven that. So again, if they could prove to you they were there, they would have shown you this left and right. Quote, Russian troops moving into Donbass would not itself be a new step. Russia has had forces in the Donbass region for the last eight years. A senior administration official speaking on the condition of anonymity. Because you love that? That is their propaganda always. Why any news outlet respectable would want to report anonymous people without anything to prove it is beyond me. NPR is garbage for doing that. Same as Washington Post, New York Times, all of them. They are being used by this intelligence apparatus, even though they pretend that there's that, that's their sources, right? We are, we, it's on the record from the CIA. We give them one fake one, we give them one real one. This, they're using them. Quote, their narrative has been that they do not. Our certain knowledge has been that they have. So neither one proves it. One's the good guy, so we take their word at face value. 
if they're not any, if going into Donbass is not new, why would this be an invasion? Explain that for me. It's because they want to speak out of both sides of their mouth. They want to make sure that they, you could, that they've always been there, like we've been saying, just like they pretend Iran is in Iraq, even though they're not. But simultaneously, if Iran were to push into Iraq, they would, oh, invasion, even though we, no, they're already there, though. It's the same nonsense. Now, oh, here, here, well, here's what it was. This is the invasion from the insider, business insider. Videos appear to show Russian armed forces moving deep into separatist region of Ukraine. Now, here's what's funny. The title says moving deep into, even though the, every tweet they point at as the evidence of that references it as on the outskirts. <laughs> so even right there, it's, a, it's ridiculous. It, you know what I mean? Like, you could argue that means they're both in the country, but how ridiculous it would be to argue moving deep into and yet on the outskirts. You know those are two very different things. But as it says, late Monday, Russian president ordered the military to march into Donbass. That's not what happened. Literally, even the link they provide doesn't say that. On what the Kremlin described as a peacekeeping mission. No, he did not order them to march into the area. He ordered them to have the ability to, should they need to. Now, that doesn't mean he didn't do it. But if it was very clear that he did, I'd love to see the evidence of it. The republics declared independence from Ukraine in 2014 and have been controlled by Kremlin-backed separatists ever since, is their narrative. Oh, did they prove that? Nope, never proved it. So is it, could it just be Russian separatists that actually speak Russian that want to be away from Ukraine because it's a white nationalist government and they've ever since then tried to defend them against this terrible government that is being used and thrown at them by the U.S. to carry out their agendas? Yes, that could be true too. And the fact that you won't consider one over the other means you have a choice already. Or you've made a choice already. Not because of fact, but because of politics. Reports and video footage from both major news outlets <clears throat> and Russian state-run media suggest Putin's forces are already deep in the regions, which Western powers still consider part of Ukraine. But of course, they don't show that part of it. But then they go down here and say, but early Tuesday morning, Reuters published footage that it said showed Russian tanks and other military hardware on the outskirts of Donks. So we, I guess we don't get to see the ones where they go in deep because by the way, I don't think it exists, but here's what they show, first of all, and it says here, a Reuters witness, again, I keep pointing this out, guys, why do we feel okay that it makes sense that there are Reuters and Associated Press journalists inside of the region that they claim they are terrorists, right? I mean, think about how ridiculous that is. So it's like the same, the same point goes in this. Right now, they're over here telling you these people, they're all terrorists, it's all terrorists. They're all bad guys with Russia fighting against freedom right? But then the moment that Russia pushes in, oh, well, now we need to fight for their sovereignty. We need to defend the area against Russia. That's the stupid mainstream media logic. But the point is that this is a Reuters person that's in the exact location that's supposed to happen. Like he just got lucky enough to be in the one location where he would see the few people driving by. Certainly possible. But sort of like the other times we've had these weird videos where they just happen to be looking with their camera on right at the place it started. But again, if this is a terrorist held location, and these people, the separatists here, are well aware how the Western press is representing what they're doing, and I think lying about it. Why would this even be allowed? Why, why wouldn't they be embedded on the other side of this, which is what they are actually doing, and you could see those videos of that. Anyway, I think it's questionable that both explosions, both the supposed kindergarten attack that they claim was in Ukraine, but was really over in the Donbass region, or the, the, the car bomb that exploded, which was claimed to be in both locations simultaneously. Both of those were an AP person was right next to it, right when it happened. And so too was a Reuters person right next to it, right when it happened. I'm not implying I know for sure that they're even part of that or even have been historically. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I know 
for 100% certainty that the CIA and FBI have used journalists like this in exactly these kind of situations, or the fact that the CIA implants people as media the other way around. But it says they saw tanks and other military hardware on the outskirts of Donetsk, Donetsk, the capital of one of two breakaway regions, after uh, after Putin recognized them as independent. So that's what they're showing you. You get a couple of shots of these. Not and look, and it's weird that we keep you only see a few of them, and it's not like in and it doesn't seem like to be, and that and then it seems to kind of jump jump to the location. My point would be simply this: could this be you got Russian troops going in there? Absolutely. I mean, they even said that they would if they needed to. So it's not even something that should be shocking. But the point is, on top of that, that these could simply be uh Vehicles and other materials being used by the separatists that are Russian, right? I mean, I, that would make sense to me too. The point doesn't. Bottom line is, it doesn't even matter how it gets represented. It's going to be Russia's Russia's invasion, even though they're supporting them. My point is simply that this this video is representative of a, of pouring into Ukraine. You see how liberal they are with the truth. Then it says late Monday night. Moscow correspondent for French newspaper tweeted a video of what he saw were Russian tanks moving toward toward the city of Dunix. Then it's again, same point. And this, by the way, is the same video. And this is the one where they claim they're moving toward the city. So both of them are saying they're on the outskirts, which would you could argue would mean inside, but it could also mean outside. But then one says they're in there. Yet this one says they're moving toward the city. So I don't. Bottom line to me, I think this is BS. I wouldn't be surprised if this video is not even more something different, different location. I don't even know. See, it's just it's repeating the same stuff, and they're all look. They're there, just ready to take pictures. Come on, guys, this is absurd to me. I'm not saying I know for sure that it's not the, what they're saying is tr- is not true, but why wouldn't we question this stuff after everything they've been caught doing? That's their evidence, guys. That's pouring into Russia. So the data, as far as I can tell, is that they have the right to do it. Hours ago, they voted they should support them, should they need to, and that becomes invasion. The media flipped out and ran with invasion. Now who's carrying out a false flag? By the way, here's reports from Russian news agency, TASS, which, of course, the, anybody who is blindly following Western press and two-party illusionists will dismiss this because they're told to. They've been trained really well, like a dog, to dismiss this the moment that they see it. Oh, that Russia said? Well, probably fake news. But the reality is you should be looking at this just like you look at the U.S. government, who's also not proving what's happening. Russia says, today, the Ukrainian armies deployed five BUK M1 anti-aircraft missile systems in the Donbass. Why? Because that's already been happening. The same thing they've been already telling people around the world for a long time, that they're deploying heavy machinery and heavy weaponry inside and along the border of the Donbass region. It says the Kiev forces deployed five BUK M1 anti-aircraft missile systems on its controlled territory in Donbass, according to the deputy head of the People's Militia of the, Donetsk, uh, of the Donbass region. Now it says the situation at the line of engagement at Donbass escalated on the morning of February 17th. The Donbass region, the respective peoples reported the most massive bombardment by the Ukrainian military in recent months. Of course, that's not what the other side says, which damaged civilian infrastructure, right? This is the kindergarten that they pretend happened in Ukraine, which wasn't. They lied. And the media just roughshod right over it and said, they attacked them. That's a false flag or whatever they thought was going to happen. And now we don't even look back at it. Lies. On February 18th, 
They announced evacuations of civilians from the territory, right? Which the media, even Boris Johnson stupidly came out and said, that's the false flag. Because I guess they don't understand what a false flag is. Blinken called it a false flag. Which, guess what, guys, was proven in the mainstream media that it was happening. There's pictures of them evacuating and everything. But who cares, right? Because all we did was get you to question what they're saying. On February 19th, the Donbass Republics announced general mobilization. February 21st, yesterday, he recognized their independence. Okay, so before is when we're talking about. Now, here's the next one. This is, yet yeah, today this is being reported as well. Assassination attempt committed against the former defense minister. Why don't we hear about this from the Western press? A resident of the Donex was injured as a result of an assassination attempt against the People's Republic's former defense minister, Vladimir Konovo, uh, Kononov. Right, so the assassination of a leader in the area, a potential attacks and, and, and deployment of heavy every weaponry. Well, even we can question this. We should. It could be lies, but they're claiming it's happening. So wouldn't you argue that moving people in to defend these areas, if that was what was happening, would be rationally or rational and justified? So if you are already dismissing this because of Russia said it, all I'm saying is we should ask for evidence of any of this stuff before we start deciding what's actually happening. At 1632, there was an attempted terror attack, which is what they told you would happen. They could be lying at the corner of this area. And it says the bomb exploded, injuring a local resident. So civilians were hurt. It's been established the man was going to meet with the former defense minister, and that's why he got hurt. <clears throat> the, the bottom line is, none of this is like, if, if the Western press was saying if this was a fly, I mean, here's the, wouldn't they jump on this as the false flag, right? If this didn't happen, wouldn't they go, there it is. He, they, they're lying about that. We didn't do it. And they, they're claiming we had killed somebody. It's a lie. It's a false flag. And they're going to use it to justify. Nope. Crickets. Absolutely nothing. Which, if I'm going to pick, would suggest they did it. And they don't want you to know about it. If it was a false flag, they would be screaming that this was the false flag. They just murdered somebody. And they're claiming it was us so they could invade us. And then wouldn't they say, and they did, they invaded. But nope. Didn't do it. Doesn't that seem suspicious? I think they're carrying out everything that Russia's telling them they are. The, I'm talking about the specifically Ukraine, because I think we know what they are. And the U.S. government's just backing them because it's like they back the, the, the people in Syria. Now, President Zelensky to consider breaking off diplomatic ties with Russia. This is February twist today. So my point is that they're now, who, who's breaking ties? Ukraine, claiming that Russia's the one pulling away. Today as well, severance of diplomatic relations with Ukraine, extremely unwelcome. Yes, Putin could be lying, but he's openly going, we want diplomatic relations. Breaking off diplomatic relations with Ukraine is a very bad thing, he says, and very extremely unwelcome. He says, naturally, the severance of diplomatic relations would be an extremely unwelcome scenario, which will only make everything more difficult. Yes, he could be lying, but again, it's just dismissal of one side with blind acceptance of the other. Russia hopes UN will rely on its basic principles and approach to the Donbrass region. We know they won't. He's already come out hot on the other side of this argument. Russia hopes that the UN secretariat, before making any statements regarding Russia's decision to recognize the independence of the Donbass region, will rely on an organization's basic principles. Basically meaning that you don't get to imply that we're secretly doing something you can't prove. What we're doing and what we say we're doing is is acknowledging the independence of this area that is well within the basic principles of the of the un and the point is the organization's general principles should support the independence of any peoples 
all they're doing is claiming that what Russia is doing, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, is in fact something much more dangerous. With any evidence to back it up, the UN has been co-opted a long time ago, guys. And that doesn't mean every country involved. It means that the controlling body is problematic. Earlier, the UN Secretary General said that Antonio Guterres was very concerned about Russia's decision to recognize the independence of them. How does it make sense? He said that Guterres saw Russia's decision as a violation of Ukraine's territorial integrity. Okay, so why do they then support Taiwan? Because they're hypocrites. Because they are overtaken by politics. People like Guterres, we can see clearly with COVID, is completely taken over. You can't claim one is acceptable and one is not. It's the same damn thing, and both of them are for politics. Guterres is a broken, disgusting hypocrite. And it bothers me to watch these people stand up and act like they're integrity or they are righteous and fighting for freedom. Russian President Vladimir Putin on February 21st declared that Russia recognized the sovereignty of this area. And we already basically went over this point in general. Finally, diplomat slams the illusion that West would not impose sanctions this month point before it happened. According to Maria Zakharova, the West does not need grounds for sanctions. They just do whatever they want. And that's what's happened. And then, what do you know? They do. U.S. sanctions Russia for declaring independence of Eastern countries. I mean, this is, I feel like this was like a Babylon B post, right? U.S. government sanctioning Russia for fighting for freedom. Right? I mean, it's incredible. It really is. And then, of course, the UK introduces sanctions against Russian banks and three individuals, all for moving people within their own country and declaring independence. And then narrative. That's what happened. Now, finally, as this last ends, I don't know what's happened since the last couple hours, unfortunately. Damn it. I wanted this to be a lot shorter. I saw this before we went live. Right now in the chat, guys, if you've got any quick updates, give me something in the chat. If you heard something, I'll, I have a minute. I'll jump over and look before we stop the show today. Here's what I saw just before I went live. I, I haven't been able to vindicate this myself. Or I keep doing that. Author, uh, 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 validate this for myself. But this looks legitimate. And I'll follow up another show. This is saying that smoke was rising from the Russian embassy in Kiev. Very interesting. Inside Kiev. And people were seen carrying boxes out earlier. Remember that they already evacuated. They already removed people. So if this is Kiev or people in Kiev destroying the building, that would be a really, really clear picture. And it's just, you could just see the smoke rising from the building. Now it could just be nothing, right? I mean, it could be something minor. But what's interesting, an embassy was ordered to evacuate. People already seen carrying stuff out. Anyway, so before we take off here, guys, if there's anything else we wanted to make sure you jump in the chat for me, let me know if there's anything new that you see popping off around this discussion. Finally, this is what the recent speech from Biden has driven to. Now, this is the worst part for me. Again, people, Russia moving people in their own country, just like Iran with, but with Bolton, how that led to all that we saw, all the, all that amounted to was moving boats in their own harbors has led to narrative that spun this out of control. And now, because of that, you could argue all of the action being taken against the area, Russia and their parliament voted to support their independence and now possibly being driven to defend them because of what's happening. Now, you could think that something different is happening, and I'm open to that. I don't know. I, I'm not sure what's ultimately happening. But that's what Russia says is happening. And the separatists and everything else. And based on what they what they have proven, it seems pretty clear that's what's happening, in my opinion. But I don't know for sure. 
But on the other side of it, you've got nothing, absolutely nothing proven other than what U.S. government has continued to do, like putting F-16s around their bases, around their country, putting, carrying out drills along their border, continuing to bluster and hype and continue to rush things in and put more troops around Denmark and around everywhere else. And that's not provocation. Right. And then when they get forced into doing what they did, if you if they believe that's what's happening, they then use that action again that was driven because of their own actions to deploy what? More troops in Europe. So that's where we are now. Someone's saying a loud explosion reported on Monday in the airport. That's that's from uh, Monday, really. Yeah, I think I saw that. And I wasn't sure about that one in general, but we can. The point here is that this has. Led to more U.S. presence in Europe. Russia is still in Russia, and yet more NATO troops and U.S. presence in Belarus. That's what this has led to. So couldn't you continue to argue that this is a problem reaction solution situation for the primary ally that the U.S. government laid out as their primary ally before this all started? And they continue to hype and yell and scream about things they can't prove. And they continue to lie about what Russia's doing, lie about cyber attacks that get proven to be lies. You know, over Russiagate as its entirety gets shown to be this embarrassing completely bungled narrative where they knowingly lied about every part of it. They fabricated things. They fake chemical attacks. I mean, good God. And here we are where you can see this leading into exactly what you could have predicted. More U.S. troops in Europe, despite Biden arguing the opposite in every possible way. And what do we do? We say Russia did it. Russia did it by not doing things in, in Russia, by doing it by, by being there, by supporting freedom, terrorists. Biden to deploy more troops to NATO countries around Belarus. Excuse me, I think I said accidentally Belarus. Around Belarus, because Belarus is on Russia's side at this point. Well, here is just a quick breakdown before we finish of what Max, this Max Seden from, from Financial Times was reporting. I just want to give you a breakdown of the speech points. Biden says, to put it simply, oh great, Biden's simplicity. I wonder what that's like. Putin announced that he's carving out a part of Ukraine. Oh, did he now? This is the beginning of an invasion. Can, I mean, how can you even say that? It's un, no, in no way, shape, or form has Putin said that. Nowhere. As a matter of fact, not only would he did, not only did he not say that, it would be dumb of him to say that, so he probably wouldn't, because he's clearly better at this politics game than they are. Bottom line is, he said he is recognizing their independence and signing treaties with them and allowing military assistance for them, just like the U.S. does, or they claim they do with Iraq and Afghanistan and every other country that they illegally invaded and are currently occupying. But they're going to allow assistance should they need to. And I have not seen that proven, that it's even happening yet. But within seconds, the Wall Street Journal said, pouring into Ukraine with nothing to back it up because that's journalism. So my point is Biden stands up and literally says, Putin announced he's carving out a part of Ukraine. That's what they take from that. Not only that's what they take from that, that's what they represent what he said as. You, there's no way, shape, or form that what he said. This is the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So they're just assuming they know what he says? No, they're just telling you what they want you to hear because that's what they do. Sanctions will go far beyond U.S. response to Crimea, the other location they 100% are not illegally occupying, that are voted to be a part of Russia, and they just continue to lie about, and it's easy to prove and become harsher still if a full invasion comes. A full invasion. Okay, so you're telling us they put troops in Ukraine. 
what would constitute full? This is about as stupid as up-to-date versus fully vaccinated. They're just, they're, this is them just playing all sides of the board. So they've invaded it. Well, they're dangerous. They've invaded Ukraine. But he got, if they actually invade Ukraine, we're going to do more. Wait a minute. Didn't you just say that? Yeah, but just shut up. The first trench includes full blocking sanctions. Military banks, right? They're just saying that this is financial manipulation. Now, let's also make sure that we know that Russia has been taking action for 10 years more to insulate themselves from these wildly irrational and warmongering actions by the U.S. government. Financial terrorism, just levying sanctions to anybody that sneezes the wrong way everywhere around the world, starving people to death for freedom, right? They've made, they've tried their best to insulate themselves from these problems using less and less of the U.S. dollar. So just like Iran, even though they have an effect, they kind of laugh at it and they go, yeah, you keep doing your sanctions. We've, we're doing our best to stop that from even hurting us anymore. Tomorrow, it says, also, sanctions on elites and their family members. So you're directly sanctioning members, personal members of the families of the elitist members of the Russian government? Like, didn't actually, the parliament votes on this, and you're going to pretend that you can just directly sanction individuals? Like, what if they're one of the ones that said, no, I don't agree with this? Who cares? This is not about them or what they believe. This is about controlling finances and controlling the ability for their companies and their businesses to operate outside of Russia. This is how they do this. This is financial terrorism. They share in the corrupt gains from the Russian policy. What, what gains from what policy? So they should share in the pain as well. That's called punitive action against individuals. That's a crime. In response to Russia not removing troops from Belarus, which by the way, again, we're talking about a location where they have been doing drills with Belarus, but you know, narrative is all that matters. Biden announces totally defensive, <laughs> totally defensive troop deployments to the Baltics. This is one of my, this is what I point out when I say that they know this too. This is the embarrassing part of this, that even people that agree with this, they know this isn't defensive. This is Department of War becoming the Department of Defense. This is just narrative, which is the same thing they do around everything else. I was just reading something in regard to COVID today where they were claiming that writing honk honk is actually symbolism for Heil Hitler. Why? Well, because we want anybody saying honk to support the, 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 the truckers to now just be easily just declare them a terrorist, declare them a Nazi even though we're right now supporting the Nazis in Ukraine. But we don't want to pretend that's happening. Even honestly, most of the politicians don't realize they're doing that because they're dumb. But there's a lot of narrative is all they need anymore. Totally defensive, Biden. I mean, you're a child. You have been actively offensively moving things in response to what you say they're doing in their own territory. This is the same as U.S. moving troops in Florida and having Russia just overwhelmingly build up in Cuba and say that that's defensive. Didn't you see them taking aggressive action in Florida? Look at them moving all over Florida. We're so threatened by that. So we need to move troops all the way on the other side of the world in Cuba because can't you tell that they're being aggressive and belligerent? If you think that's not a fair comparison, then you're lying to yourself. The U.S. and our allies will defend every inch of NATO territory. Right. And so because that group wants to declare its independence, which you pretend to support anywhere else, you're not going to allow it because we want that territory. They are forced to live under the white supremacist government that we put on top of them. Freedom. Biden calls Putin's decision to recognize the Donbass separatists a political provocation. 
Seriously. You know who also says that? China about Taiwan. <laughs> so stupid. Someone's been listening to too many Putin speeches and watching too much Russian state TV. Nothing in Putin's remarks indicates a willingness for dialogue on European security in 2022. He directly attacked Ukraine's right to exist. Okay. So now movements in the country and declarations of freedom are direct attacks on Ukraine's right to exist. This is just dumb. I mean, this is really stupid. One thing to make clear is that the banking sanctions don't really hurt Russia. That's a complete outright lie. It's not even really a bank. It's basically a slush fund financed by the state. You mean like all of your major banks and, and central banks and your government, or like how you just robbed billions of dollars from, from the, the Venezuelan people? Yeah, you guys are great people. It was nationalized by the specific goal of setting it sanctioned. Right. They nationalized it to avoid sanctions from the U.S. government. Why is that a bad? Obviously, they were right to do it. Biden is clearly trying to leave Putin an off to leave Putin on an off ramp by not sanctioning big state banks and so on. That's his point, but the main points were simply what Putin is driving at. So, guys, what does it amount to? Right after all of this, what does it come down to? It comes down to more troops in Europe, more provocation by the U.S. government, more sanctions against financial entities that give them more profit, more control. Russia standing in its country and declaring freedom of another country that supports them, that wants their support. I don't care how bad you think Russia is or what ob objective you think they can gain from this. In every possible way, they have, I mean, strategically ran circles around what the U.S. government is doing right now. Even if you do believe they're trying to overtake this and destroy the world, and I would love to see evidence of anything they put out. You can look at a three, four-month narrative now that has gone from you. U.S. Ukrainian intelligence saying it's going to happen, creating the context for them to point it like they think it's going to happen, shelling for eight years straight, which has already been happening, pointing at things that have been ongoing the entire time, continuing to fund, arm, and support the white supremacist Azov Battalion, which has become their entire military, for their National Guard, and act like that's fighting for freedom. I kind of went all over there, but the point nonetheless, guys, is this is an embarrassing reality of how obviously they just want to manipulate you with this narrative. At the very least, if you can't realize that you're taking at face value the narrative of people that have lied to you like seconds ago about everything, I don't think you really want the truth. I think you're fighting for a football team, whatever team you think you're fighting for, whatever sport you want to defend. You're fighting for that because you want to win. Nothing that's happening here is justified. And again, to finish on that main point, if they could prove any of this to you, they would have proven it every second for the last three weeks straight. They would have been waving it, pointing it. They would have laughed. This is why the independent media is fake news. They would have shut people down. They're now using their narrative to take physical action against people, to deploy more troops on the ground. And I promise you, this is going to explode into more un... What is their, what is their presence down in the, in, the, in the Middle East and elsewhere? It has caused instability. Everybody knows that. That's what you're looking at. So thank you for being here and listening to what's really going on, I think. Hopefully, at the very least, you can stand back and realize that we don't really have the full picture. And a government that's already used narrative to invade endless amounts of countries and destroyed them, Afghanistan, Iraq, and Libya, and on and on and on, countries that are exponentially worse for the people, not the governments, for the people. Ever since their liberation, I don't know why we wouldn't ask whether what they're doing now is the same thing. What you need to do is fight for these people, whether the people of Ukraine not the government, the people of the separatist area, the people that always take the brunt of what these governments do. Russia and the United States using them to go back and forth. 
and they take the brunt. So what should we do? Ask what the separatists want. What do you guys want? Do you, why, why don't we have an, uh, an international discussion and bring them in and stand them? What do you guys want with both U.S. and Russian entities there? And say, what do you guys want on the record? Do you want to be part of Russia? Well, then you can be part of Russia because that's what we pretend that we are. But that will never happen. Ever. One, because that is clearly what they want. They don't want that to happen. So they don't care about freedom. They care about agenda. But on top of that, because if you allow that to be the situation, that no governments can lie and manipulate anymore. For all we know, we'll find out that they don't want to be part of either country. Not what they want. So question, guys. Question everything, as we always say, because that is the most important reality. Now, I'm going to do my best to get out something else after this. I can't promise. We'll see where the timing goes. It's already 4.30. But as always, more coming your way, guys. Whether I get two shows in one day, which I keep saying I'm going to do and I want to, I'm going to see if I can today. We will circle back with everything else we have. There's a lot more to get into. Most of the stuff I was going to talk about today wasn't extremely time sensitive, but this was obviously important because, I mean, I can't let them get away with declaring an invasion that I don't think is happening, you know? So thank you for being here and help me get this information out. I love you all as always. Oh, and last point, finishing off with this clip. Don't forget, we I didn't get into it deep today, but watch those other shows we had. This is being used. I mean, actually, I did kind of get into it deep today. I kind of, I kept pointing at that idea. They're building the new threat, guys. I feel that in my bones. They're building the threat that they're going to use that's going to be used to point at maybe like Syria or maybe used to funnel into somewhere else. I don't know. But remember, as Whitney and I talked about, Whitney and I are actually going to be connecting on Thursday to get into this more, the 2020 election special more in depth to today. But we told you that Elizabeth Newman came out and a lot of them said this, that we see this building and we just don't know how to stop it. What were they pointing at? White supremacy. So how can we not see the connection of them building the threat they say is about to happen? Sort of thing feels like COVID-19, doesn't it? So question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. The world is changing. And every counterterrorism professional I speak to in the federal government and overseas feels like we are at the doorstep of another 9-11, maybe not something that catastrophic in terms of the visual or the, um, uh, the numbers, but that we can see it building and we don't quite know how to, how to stop it. We annually spend on military security alone more than the net. We annually spend on military security alone more than the net income of all United States corporations. Now, this conjunction of an immense military establishment and a large arms industry is new in the American experience. The total influence, economic, political, even spiritual, is felt in every city, every state house, every office of the federal government. We recognize the imperative need for this development, yet we must not fail to comprehend its grave implications. Our toil, Resources and livelihood are all involved. So is the very structure of our society. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted 
Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals so that security and liberty may prosper together. As we peer into society's future, we, you and I, and our government must avoid the impulse to live only for today, plundering for our own ease and convenience the precious resources of tomorrow. We cannot mortgage the material assets of our grandchildren without risking the loss also of their political and spiritual heritage. We want democracy to survive for all generations to come, not to become the insolvent phantom of tomorrow. <laughs>